of a steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. O Lord, great is thy faithfulness. Steadfast. The steadfast love of the Lord. Never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Oh, they are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faith. Fullness, oh Lord, great is thy faithfulness, the steadfast, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come. To an end, they are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is Thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand have provided, great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Unto me, 
Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Let's just begin to bless the Lord for his great faithfulness. For his great faithfulness. For his tender and inexhaustible mercies. For his love that does not quench. For his patience that does not quench. For his compassion that does not quench. Let us bless the Lord. Let us bless the Lord wherever we are. In our own ways, in our own sounds, in our own various abilities. Let us bless the Lord for his tender mercies. For his tender mercies. For his tender mercies. For his faithfulness. Oh Lord, we judge you faithful. Judge you faithful. Judge you true, Lord. We judge you true, Lord. We judge you true, Lord. Oh, we judge you through. We judge you through. We judge you true, Lord. There is no shadow of turning in you. There is no shadow of turning in you, Lord. There is no deception in you. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Bless your name. We lift you up high, Lord. We magnify you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you. We say thou art worthy to be praised. Thou art worthy to receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the power. For thou art created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power for thou art created all things for thy pleasure they are and were created thou art worthy thou art worthy To receive glory, honor, and power. For thou art created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. 
For thou art create all things for thy pleasure they are and were created. Oh, they are and were created. Oh, they are and were created. I have no power of my own. I have no power of my own. Holy Spirit, we look up to you. Help us, we have no power of our own. We have no, we have no power of our own. Oh, we have no power of our own. Holy Spirit, we look up to you. Help us, we have no power of our own. We have no power of our own. We have no power of our own. By the anointing, Jesus breaks the yoke. By the Holy Ghost and power, just as the prophet said, well, this is the day of the Lord's God is moving in his power again. By the anointing, Jesus breaks the yoke. It's not by power. It's not by might. Oh, by your spirit, says the Lord. It's not by power. It's not by might. But by your spirit, says the Lord, this mountain, this mountain has been removed in all our lives. This mountain has been removed in Jesus' name. This mountain has been removed in Jesus' name by your spirit. Says the Lord, by your spirit, says the Lord. Sankeleve lavaliando ores fanka Agaranda zofanda galikisitanka da volia borama. Ekendo sofanda kalide de borionto tenos. Akanda la sofanda lite coreando dene. Akovolo virea. Ascendo novolanco tascalavario viria. 
e quando Davili anda do canto safaliare vema e gonto tala varianta lavori alo pala ze conta ni monta leares e canda san palaro tares vero sanca bicho cala a canda lavalanda duca e senta lava rianta zelenere verranco colovoto palianda dala e sonca bandia Padanka deco sofangi e kanda navalando fala verenka daso fala navoliato temos a kanga sikeria e donto taka safaliada vire e pondo kanavalianta sofana vire conco da busifa a kanda neveliando sataloteva o ronco dico o chavalianta bima e kanga sateso. Kadaravalanka di kosofalianda daresto kagoshi atanka davoliana goshi ekando sepola irenko kobolianda sepana tegosofanda kediko ekongushaka taliade delos pendo kadaravalieto tenos akange kosofalia edanka deko safota berinko polano sopalados e calanavarande de Golavrianda Dados, e con Santa Lavonite Catacalabice Potara, a Rengo Doco Sefariata, Kireko Toscalavalianda Dosefala, de Kirenka Dalililera, e Kondo Sopale, e Sopalite Toria, Kirenko Doco Topalavrianda, e Kondo Sotalavariara. Oh, Father, Father, we lift your name on high. We lift your name on high, O oh Lord. We lift your name on high. We say thou, thou art worthy to be praised. Thou art worthy to be praised. You who sit above the mountain of congregation. You who have the clouds as your covering. You who dwell in light unapproachable. You, O oh Lord. You, you who stand in the midst of the holy ones. Lord, you, you. You, oh God, you are worthy. Oh, you are worthy of all our praise. You are worthy of all our worship. You are worthy of all our adoration. You are worthy of all our honor. You are worthy. Oh, we just say, blessed be your holy name, oh God. 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 We are your children, Father. And oh Lord, we, we have come here to find you. We have come here to find you. We have come here to find you. We have come here to look for you, oh God. We have come here to look for you. And oh my, at the height of our seeking, do we discover, do we realize that the one that we're looking for is actually the one that has been looking for us all along, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And our seeking him is actually a response to his seeking us. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Merge with us, Lord. Merge with us. Merge with every single one of us, Lord Jesus. Merge. Merge. Bind yourself to us even in this moment, Lord. And lift us up to that place where you dwell to that region where you decide that, that we might rest with you, that we might abide with you, Lord. Oh, the windows of our hearts are being opened in this moment, Lord. 
that your light, your light may come in. Your light may come in and dwell. Your light may come in and tabernacle. Your light may come in and rest, oh God. Oh, you're the one that we're looking for. You're the one that we're looking for. Bless this moment with your presence, oh God. Let us be translated from a realm carnal into a region eternal, Lord. Let this moment become a moment in eternity where we begin to encounter your light and that light begins to refurbish our souls, refurbish our minds, refurbish our beings. Let this light begin to penetrate every nook and cranny of our existence that bit by bit we might become fashioned into the express image of your dear son, oh God. Let this light pervade, let this light penetrate, let it fully encompass every fiber of all our beings, Lord. Mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 I want someone to mute their microphone and say, God is more interested in my success than I am. God is more interested in my success than I am. God is more interested in my success than I am. God is more interested in my success than I am. God is more interested in our success. God is more interested in our success. That idea that no good thing can come into our lives unless we beg and roll on the ground. Oh, no, no, no. This, no. That is not the mindset of sons. No. That is not the mindset of sons. God is more interested in our success than we are. He gave his son as a sacrifice, as a massive investment that every single one of us might have a true chance at success. So we're serving a God who has our best interests at heart. This must be known above all else that we have a God who is interested in our success. Have you understand it? Because the devil has a very crafty way of making us to believe that God is not interested in our success. That God is not interested in us, that our business is not his business. And because of that, we have to look out for ourselves because if we don't look out for ourselves, who will look out for us? Hallelujah. Ah, it is a lie. It has always been a lie. It will always be a lie. 
that we are more interested in our success than God is. It is a lie. It is a lie. It has always been a lie. It will always be a lie. That idea that, oh, let me try and just sort myself, you know, because I'm not sure if I, if I leave it to God, God would, God will have my best interests at heart. It's a lie. God is interested in our success. More than anything, God is interested in teaching us what success really is. What success really is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the riches that God gives unto a person they don't add sorrow. It is all encompassing. It is holistic. It is complete. It leaves one more beautiful, more joyful, more blessed. It doesn't add sorrow. It doesn't add sorrow. It doesn't add sorrow. The riches of the world, they come with a lot of sorrows. They come with a lot of woes, a lot of woes, a lot of woes, a lot of woes. There's a TV show that God, I, well, well, I say God exposed me to it, exposed me to, you know, it's not good to always uh, spiritualize things too much. <laughs> Hallelujah. I stumbled upon a TV show. Let me put it like that. Amen. <laughs> well, or not God led me there. That's open for discussion, but I stumbled upon a TV show that it showed the inside life of a billionaire family a very powerful billionaire family in America. And on the outside, the whole world looked at them as people to be emulated, as people to be looked up to, as people to be adored, people to be worshipped. But the inside life of that family, it was nothing to write home about. First of all, their father, who was a patriarch of the family, he was a servant of money. He was a servant of power. And because of that, he looked at people as a means to an end. He was a complete narcissist, even to his children. In order to gain what he wants, he will pit his own children against themselves. And he will manipulate them in a way where he will withhold love. Ah, Jesus. There is nothing more evil. And I want to say this to everyone so that we we know that any moment we are practicing this we are actually in witchcraft are we all paying attention are we all paying attention right now hmm? this man will withhold love from his children who are who are due his love in order to manipulate them into what he wants them to do and only when they do what he wants will he give them love and affirmation. Until they do what he wants, he does not give them love. He does not give them affirmation. He uses his love and affirmation as a tool to manipulate his own children. And he withholds it until they do what he wants. That is a clear picture of witchcraft. Witchcraft. And that's how that man raised his family. 
and you had children who were so broken so desperate for their father's love and the father will only give them that love when they are as dark as he is are you understanding this they will do all manners of great things he will never smile at them he will never praise them he will never adore them he will never until maybe he wants to do some kind of hostile takeover or some kind of manipulation to some other company or business when they not do what he wants you know say oh my special child oh you know you're my favorite i prefer you to your brother i prefer you to your sister now then that brother or sister that is so destitute of love will start to feel so special and when he tells that one listen i want you to cheat your brother or sister in this deal in this package they'll gladly do it because oh my if i do it daddy will love me daddy will, daddy will take care of me daddy will adore me daddy will be proud of me and that's how systematically this man turned his children into monsters and the worst part the worst part before he had a chance to really right his wrongs and heal the damage he had caused between his children the man died man died when he died ah, how can i explain his death how can i explain his death how can i explain his death it's like someone who is on a journey but well, before you get to your destination fuel empties in your car and you are stopped halfway like there's no closure at all in your life in any way it's as if life just ends at the point where you know we are watching a movie and it just ends at a stupid place there is no closure there's no completion it just ends in a stupid way that's how his death was for them he just died at a point that didn't make sense when they were all at odds against one another when there was nothing that was complete when there was broken when they were broken and they were all cold they didn't even know how to process his death because how, how can this man just die with with the family in shambles like this now watch that movie ah i said to myself this is a picture of the riches that the devil gives are you guys paying attention this is a picture of the riches that the devil gives they were billionaires they owned many multinational corporations but oh their life was their life was a hell all that money meant nothing all those cars meant nothing all the clothes all the influence all the claps and praises of the public he meant nothing The firstborn son, he didn't even have an identity. He was paying a, a high-class prostitute to pretend like she was his girlfriend. And he eventually begged her to marry him. No identity, no sense of worth, broken self-esteem. Everything he did in his life was to just get validation from the public because his father never validated him. 
The second born son was a drug addict. His family was broken. He couldn't keep his wife and children. He was broken. All he knew how to do was to just tear people apart. The only daughter was broken. She was broken. She was completely disempowered that she had to marry a man who was from a very poor background, who would bow at her feet, who didn't love her, who just wanted her money because she didn't believe that anybody valuable can ever love her. So she had to marry a man that she considered to be worthless, that at least someone would look at her like she's holy. And the last born son, and I will say about him, he was a dead man walking. He didn't have any identity in life. Just broken. Just broken. Just, just broken. Just broken. So desperate for his father's love. And the whole world was looking, they were looking at these people. Like, oh, what? What a family. What a family. But their home was in shambles. What is the point of being worth 20, 30, 40 billion dollars when your family is that way? When the home is that way, it means nothing. It all amounts to nothing. And I looked at their lives and I tell you, I did not envy them one bit. Because what I saw was a picture of a family that received riches with so much sorrows. 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 Do you know what the true riches of the kingdom take time? Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? That is when God makes a person physically wealthy. Do you know why it takes time? Do you want to know why? Because wealth is not one dimensional. It's not one dimensional. It's not. It's not. You think it's difficult for God to make a person financially wealthy? Come on. I mean, look at that crypto time. You think God couldn't have entered into all our dreams to tell us to go and invest in cryptocurrency at the time when it was it was blowing like God knows what. He could have told that to anybody. And there was one foolish man who was coming online to ridicule, you know, the church or pastor, so to speak, saying, if you people are so, you can see so well, why couldn't you see what was happening in crypto so that everybody in your church would become rich? I heard him, I said, behold a foolish man, a man who lacks wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, or speaks as though the wisdom of God is upon him. God has riches without sorrows. God has riches without sorrows. And if he sees that one does not yet have the infrastructure to harness wealth without that wealth making you sorrowful, he will delay that wealth as a matter of fact because God cares about you too much. 
is the devil that will put wealth in your hand in a hurry. Are you understanding this? Who can testify from personal witnessing how money has destroyed some families? Who has ever eyewitnessed this before? How the moment one particular person made money, that family that there was peace, everything fell apart. Everything fell apart. Things just, it just went to hell. All of a sudden, there was distrust. There was things just fell apart. And one would have thought, oh my, the entrance of money will be such a blessing into the family. But it was a curse. Almost like, though God, take this money away that our family can be what it was once upon a time. Once upon a time. These are realities of life. These are realities of life. These are realities of life. The white man knew this very well. And they plagued Africa. Ah, Jesus. You see, you people are looking at the West. And you see all the things that are happening to them, but you don't know that what is happening to them is the judgment of God. All these things that were seen, that were seen, how can they be like this? What we're seeing is the judgment of God for the evils that have been perpetrated over the ages. Evils. You know, they came to Africa. And please don't mistake me for all these uh, people who black, black. No, 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 no. I'm not one of those, right? I, I, no. I might be a black man, but. I'm a son of God first. And the Bible says in Christ, there's no male or female, there's no Jew nor Greek. Amen. But nevertheless, there's still Jew and there's still Greek. And we can still talk about injustices that happens between the Jews and the Greeks. Amen. The Westerners came to Africa and they unlocked wealth here. They unlocked wealth. They unlock wealth that Africa was not ready for. No, no. Africa was not ready for the wealth that the Western world came to bring to us. And they didn't come to bring us wealth. They came to take it. But there was no how they could take it without putting some in our hands. But we were not ready. We were not ready. We didn't have the infrastructure to harness that kind of wealth. We didn't have it. They have it. And what could have been a great blessing to the people in these regions? Oh, it became the greatest curse. It became the greatest curse. Ah, Jesus. Look at Equatorial Guinea. Look at Mali. Look at South Africa. Look at Democratic Republic of Congo. Look at Uganda. Look at Nigeria. Look at what wealth, wealth without the right spiritual infrastructure did. Are we understanding? Look at what it did. It was a great evil. It was a great evil that was done. A great evil. 
a great evil, a great evil, a great evil. We were not ready for that kind of wealth. Indeed, look at the Niger Delta region. Destroyed. Everyone, they, they, they were torn apart. They were not ready. They were not ready. They were not ready. It was a crime to have unlocked that kind of wealth. It was a crime. Listen, God punishes people that do those kind of things. All these record labels hmm, that will take young children and in order for them to eat money, they will put wealth in the hands of 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds that 18, 19-year-olds have no business with. God has to punish such people. God will punish them. People are healing Don Jazzy. But Don Jazzy, aye, Don Jazzy, Don Jazzy, Don Jazzy's eyes will see the wrath of God. He can't escape it. He can't. I loved him growing up, I must confess. I loved him. Growing up, I watched Don Jazzy, the bunch. But the wrath of God will meet these people. Because the blood of a generation, in fact, the blood of two generations are in their hands. They are in their hands. They are responsible for the derailing of millions. Derailing. Derailing. Look at Rema. Rema was singing in the church. Not saying that he was holy, understand? Because the money that was put in his hand revealed what was always in his heart. But Rema was in the church, at least. He was singing in the church. Even the rap, the rap that made Don Jazzy find Rema was a rap about the kingdom of God. Do we know that? Rema was rapping about God. The rap that made him catch the eye of Don Jazzy. And Don Jazzy caught this young boy. Ah, he said, look, I found a gold mine. Now that boy, that boy has become a dragon. That boy has become a dragon. That boy has become a dragon. Slain. Slain the youths. Slain them. Slain them. And in 1920, because Don Jazzy wanted to have money, he put money in this boy's hand and told him, do whatever you want. Anything you want, just do it. So long as I collect my 65%. Oh my God. Oh my God. That boy is now to 21, but he's already destroyed. Already destroyed. Look at Ayastar, already destroyed. Already destroyed. Can't you see how Justin Bieber doesn't sing again? What made him stop singing? He was destroyed. It's God that saved Justin Bieber. God saved him. He might not be holier than thou, he might not be a saint, whatever. But where he was going, God saved him from that end. God saved him. He would have been destroyed. And in fact, he was destroyed. It was just God that saved him. And look at how he has slowed down now. He was saying, oh, Justin, aren't you worried about your career? If my career would lead me to destruction, let that career slow down. Because who said I should have moved that fast anyway? You guys understand it? Who said I should have been moving that fast anyway? Usher was destroyed from young. 
Look at him, he's an old man. He doesn't have any legacy. No true legacy. No true legacy. Destroyed. Look at Chris Brown. Destroyed. You look at all these people. Some of them are entering into their late 30s, their 40s, their 50s, and they're still doing the same things they did in their youth. And it's so bad. That they can't even come to terms with old age happening to them. They are all entering into surgery to try and hold on to something that will always pass away. Because they were deceived to believe that youth will last forever. How can it last forever? Is that how God made it? And now they look at old age as a punishment. Is that really so? And now people who are entering into old age that has its own virtue. Ah, they are ashamed of it. They do all kind of surgery to disguise the natural procession of life. So that they can continue with the folly of youth. Ah. God maketh rich and added to sorrow. God maketh rich and added no sorrow. Don't be deceived. The Kardashian family are not a happy family. I said, don't be deceived. Are you guys understanding me? Should I break it down? Should I break it down? Should I break it down? First of all, Kim Kardashian rose to prominence by man sexually exploiting her. Well, I won't say he sexually exploited her. In fact, he was a mother that sexually exploited her because the mom was the one that asked two of them to make that sex tape. So the only way she could ever make it in life was for the whole world to watch another man having sex with her. That was the only way. She had no sense of worth or value unless a man was having sex with her. Isn't that strange? That even when she became a millionaire, she was still looking for validation in the bed of so many men. From Reggie to Nikano, to The Game, to Reggie Bush, to Chris Brown, who didn't Kim Kardashian have sex with? Who didn't she have sex with? Who didn't violate her? Who didn't, in all manners of evil ways, who didn't violate that woman? The list is probably over 100. Because already, the fact that she was made to enter into financial prominence through prostitution, her mind has already been solidified in the fact that without sex, nobody can look at me. I have no sense of worth. That's why this girl is a billionaire. She's still naked. She's still naked. She's still naked. No sense of value or worth without her clothes coming off. She can't believe she can be anything if she does not strip herself before the world and the world will rip her in all manners of ways and forms. A destroyed woman. She has been destroyed from childhood. She's still destroyed. She's still destroyed. I said she's still destroyed. She's still destroyed. Kardashian married Lama Odo. 
a drug addict. Drug addict. Drug addict. Finished the woman. Then she got pregnant. What was the name of that basketballer? Is it James Harden? I think she's even she has two children for him or something like that. Damaged. A man that professes love to you and said he wants to marry you, that has a child with you, a picture surfaced of him caressing your younger sister's best friend. That's a story of Khloe Kardashian. Public shame, public disgrace before the whole world. How can such a person have self-esteem? Tristan Thompson, thank you very much. How can someone that has self-esteem, how can someone that have sense of self-worth? As beautiful as she is, she measures her value by how people treat her. It's not about what you are saying. The person who she's looking at to validate her, that man showed her she's not worth anything. Look at the life she has. Look at Courtney. Look at the man that is the father of her three children. That man is not a human being. He has not been a human being. Even since those days when I used to watch them almost 15 years ago. Drug addict, drunkie. You want to tell me those people are happy? Look at Kylie. Pregnant twice for a man who can never stay in the house. How can Travis Scott? How can Travis Scott raise a family? Is Travis Scott from a family? Is he from a family? Does Travis Scott have a father? What does he know about fatherhood? That's the father of her two children. Disgracing her everywhere she goes. Is that a happy home? Look at their mother. Look at the young man she's taking because she knows that she's not worth anything. If she carries a man who has wealth, who is her age, who is established, she doesn't believe such a person can want her. So she went to go and look for some poor boy from the street and put Rolex on his hand, put Patek Philippe on his hand, put Odomas Piguet on his hand, douse him in Gucci money diamonds in order to keep him with him, with her. Look at that man, emasculated. All the blogs on the whole world know that you are a boy toy or you are there because of money. That is the family that is being lifted up as a standard for this generation. That is the family. Look at the boy, the last born. What is it? Not the last born, the last son, Rob Kardashian. That one has been finished for almost 10 years. Almost 10 years he has been finished. Emasculated. You might as well castrate him because he has been he has been he has been wasted for a long time. Rich as anything. That man is rich as anything. Rich. But look at what misery did to him. That is the model family of the world. That's the model family of the world. It's a shame. It's a tragedy. Ah, it's a travesty, actually. Oh, it's a great shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. A family that we should all be pitying and interceding for is who we are celebrating. 
they will enter a place everyone is screaming they want to faint family that you should be praying for ah. the Lord make it rich and adds no sorrow and adds no sorrow their family is sorrow upon sorrow upon sorrow and their shame and misery is disguised with all their diamonds exactly look at the father Bruce I believe his name is uh, what's his name Caitlin his name is Caitlin now just think about those two beautiful young girls I watched them grow up Kylie and Kendall beautiful young girls with a bright future at a young age your father comes home and says I'm not a woman why won't you become a woman when I watched on screen how the mother emasculated him emasculated him he was emasculated Abby you didn't see it before he became a woman he was already made a woman in the house emasculated broken family in pieces look at Kanye West too also didn't have a father enter there why won't he be destroyed emasculate means to what emasculate means to to take away a person's masculinity almost like to disgrace a, a, a man and rob him of whatever masculine position he has. That's what emasculation means. So when their mother, what's her name again? What's the name of the mother? What's the name of the mother? I'm trying to remember. Grace. When she started dating Bruce, first of all, she was cheating on her ex-husband with Bruce. At that time, Bruce was very popular. He was an Olympian. He was rich. Are we aware of this? He was rich. So she followed him, you know, in search of greener pasture. Cheating on her husband. Her husband finally died. She now eloped with her lover. Now through all manners of scheming, she now married this man and then used her daughter to rise into wealth. You didn't see that video that Rajiv posted last year on his story. He was screaming. He's like, I'm done. I'm going to just tell it all. He said the mom actually came with a contract. In fact, she said they made three sex videos. The mother sat them down, watched the three, and she chose that one that got leaked. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? The mother sat down with them, watched the three videos, and chose that one that got leaked. It wasn't a mistake. It was planned. He had the contract, full NDA. He had it. The last video was what Kanye West went to go and collect from Rajay. That Kanye West, Rajay gave it to him on a laptop. Their mother is not a manager, she's a pimp. She's a madam. That's what she is, she's a madam. She has prostituted all her children. 
prostituted all her children, exploited them, and Hollywood is celebrating them like a power family. I said, God has already punished America. It's not, you know, son, when you see some things, you already know that people, they are presently drunk, but not with wine. They are drunk with the wrath of God. Someone find that scripture for me. These people are drunk, but not with wine, but the wrath of God. Someone bring that scripture and post it here. God has already punished them. So people who are presently recipients of God's punishment, these are the ones that we're looking up to. Come on. When, when was the plot lost? When was the plot lost? When did, when did we lose the plot? Lord makes rich. Has no sorrow. Doesn't add sorrow. Doesn't add sorrow. Thank you. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 20 to 21. Your sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all streets like an antelope in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord, the rebuke of your God. Therefore, please hear this. You are afflicted and drunk, but not with wine. Another one says, this is what the God of Israel said to me. Take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. When they drink it, they will stagger and go mad because of, your, or because of the sword. I will send among them. So I took the cup from the Lord's hand and made all the nations to whom he sent me to drink it. They are drunk with the wrath of God. Drunk, 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 drunk. Drunk. The Lord makes rich and he doesn't add sorrows. No. Doesn't have sorrows. He doesn't have sorrows. He doesn't have sorrows. That is a picture of wealth and sorrow. You might say, Oh, it's better to cry in a Rolls Royce. It's better to not cry at all. It's actually better to not cry at all. Because at least if you're on the bicycle, you will say, okay, I'm crying because I don't have Rolls Royce. If I have Rolls Royce, my story will change. If you now have Rolls Royce, you have everything that you believe will give you happiness. And you still don't have that happiness. Do you know how painful life then becomes? Because at least before, you could blame your unhappiness on poverty, true or false. You blame it on the fact that you don't have a big house, that you don't have a big car, you don't have this and that. But when you finally have all those things that you thought would give you joy, but yet joy is beyond grasp, do you know how much more painful that is? That's when you find a person who is truly hopeless, one who has put all their hope in the flesh. God makes rich. And does he have sorrow? 
So if a person's path looks like it's taking time, it might be possible that what one is trying to acquire will bring you sorrow for one of two reasons. One, maybe that particular thing is not sanctified by God. And if you touch that thing, it will destroy you. Or two, you don't have the infrastructure to harness that thing. So what you're calling delay from God is actually process. Is actually process to prepare your soul. So today we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about creating the container that brings down wealth that brings down the blessings of God let me use the word blessings of God wealth is too is too limited let me say the blessings of God because sometimes God's blessings will not even be wealth amen or what we call physical wealth amen amen now also try to make it practical so that we can have some practical tools that we also can implement to our own lives our own businesses so i'll try to make it spiritual I'll also try to make it carnal to make sure that we're all able to receive something worthwhile amen 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 Let me start by saying this and write this down. God would never give to you what you don't have the capacity to contain. God will never give to you what you don't have the capacity to contain. Do you want to know why? Someone asked me why. Do you want to know why? I'll answer us by telling us what poison really is. Let me ask us. Let me see if anyone here knows. What is poison? Raise your hand if you want to give an answer. What is poison? Richard. Um, for me, it's anything that is in toxic doses. Anything that is in toxic doses, absolutely. Poison is anything that you don't have the capacity to process. Poison is not a harmful substance, okay? In the world God made, there's nothing like harmful substance. Not really. Prostitutes, they don't have harmful substances. Why did Jesus Christ stay there with them and they were the ones that were harmed by his righteousness? <laughs> Hallelujah. His righteousness wounded them <laughs> and they became poisoned holiness. <laughs> Hallelujah. How come that, that bad substance, he entered there and they were the ones that were baptized? There's nothing like harmful substance. There's nothing like a toxic person, as a matter of fact. And let us end that narrative of this person is toxic. There's nothing like a toxic person. Toxicity is based on your capacity. 
That person that is toxic to you, there is a person who will harness them and will clean them without stress. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That person you are calling toxic. There is someone that can take them in and will cleanse them that they will become white as snow. Just admit that you don't have the capacity and that's okay. But just admit it. Don't say a person is condemned and nobody can love them. No, no, no. It's just like in the market. Someone will come to you and ask you, oh, do you have rice? You say, I don't have rice. You don't say, who has rice? Say, nobody has rice here. If me, you don't see rice, say, nobody can have it. That's, a, that's not a good mindset. The fact that you don't have the capacity to love somebody doesn't mean that someone who can love them is not outside. Are we paying attention? Amen? Poison is anything we don't have the capacity to process. Process. The word is process. Poison is anything we don't have the capacity to process. Are you aware that there's an amount of water you can drink that your body cannot process? In that moment, water will poison you. Do you know that? There's something called water poisoning. You know that? A snake's venom is not poison. The venom of a snake is one of the most potent natural um, proteins known to man. Are you aware of this? The venom of a snake contains about 54 different amino acids. It's a protein. Protein breaks things down. Are you understanding? But when something that breaks things down is given in excess, that's when destruction happens. Amen? So snake's venom is not evil. In fact, do you know that in the Bible, the anger of God is likened unto the venom of a snake? Do you know that? Do you know? Go and check it out. The Hebrew word chema or cheba, which means anger. The literal translation is venom. God's anger is actually called venom. It's actually called venom of a snake. <laughs> That's a very deep teaching for unpacking, but not today. Because why is God being associated? Why is God's anger associated with this with snake? Uh, hallelujah. Because it kills something in you. When God gets angry with you, he poisons your carnal man. He murders it, actually. He murders your pride. He murders your lust. He murders your envy. He murders it until there's nothing left. He kills with a strike. And that's why in the height of spiritual ecstasy, let us open it. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 2. The songs of Hannah. The song of Hannah. What she declared in, in, in spiritual ecstasy. Let us listen to it. Hallelujah. She said in 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 6, The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among the princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. So God kills, but he kills to make alive. Praise the Lord. There is nothing that God has created 
that is bad. No. That's how God is able to use everything in order to bring about his goodness. But the issue is when one doesn't have the capacity to harness something. Have you understanding? That does tell us a very random mystery. Should I tell us? Should I tell us? We all know of Jesus Christ as the King of Heaven. Prophets, are we all aware of this? That Christ is the Lord of Heaven. Are we all aware of this? So, question for us: Who is the Lord of Hell? Who is the Lord of Hell? Who is the King of Hell? It's Christ. All of you are seeing him because I've taught you before. Look at you, the lie. You, where did you know it from? <laughs> Scam. You are all scammers. <laughs> oh, you're good students. Hallelujah. You're good. That's a good response, Jim. Okay, I like that response. <laughs> He's a lot of hell. The Bible says that he he sees the gates of Hades. To seize the gate, it means to claim authority there. So Christ doesn't just sit on the throne in heaven, he sits on the throne in hell too. Are you understanding? In the book of Revelation, he was there in the lake of fire, seated there. Check it. The lamb was there in the lake of fire, seated, and all the angels. So you know what all these movies were watching of Satan on the throne in hell? Where did you get that? Who told you that? No, 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 no. At the height of the hierarchy of witches and wizards, you find Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Are you understanding? Is your God at the top? There is no witch that can perform any act upon the earth without a green light from heaven. It is impossible. It is impossible. So many scriptures have evidenced it. God said, Assyria is a rod in my hand. Meaning, this Assyria, that is a hidden nation, that is an evil nation, they are my rod of correction over Israel. Because God is the head of all principalities and powers. Didn't you see in the book of Judges how God strengthened different evil kingdoms to punish Israel? Where did they get their strength from? Are you guys not understanding this? Where did they get their strength from? He said, and God strengthened the hand of this king, and God strengthened the hand of this king, so that Israel cannot stand in their sight. Are we understanding? God has sovereign power. So all those doctrines that put Satan in power, is nonsense. It's nonsense. God is the one at the height of all power. We are not fighting, how can I say it? God is, God is the one who has our life in his hands, not the devil. So that talk of Satan, Satan too much, is a bit too much. God is the one has us in his hands. Amen? So there's nothing really that is toxic by itself. Nothing is absolutely toxic. Toxicity is a product of lack of capacity. Hallelujah. A good father will never give you something that you don't have the capacity to carry. 
Will you give a two-year-old a couch to lift up? I'm asking us. Will you give a two-year-old a couch to lift up? No. Even if they ask, please, daddy, let me carry the chair, you will never allow him. Because he doesn't have the capacity to lift up that chair without that chair wounding him. A good father will not give you what you don't have the capacity to carry. So before we talk about wealth, come down, wealth, come down, wealth, come down. There are two kinds of capacity that I want us to talk about this morning. Someone said two kinds of capacity. Two kinds of capacity. Ah, we're quiet. Two kinds of capacity. Two kinds of capacity. Hallelujah. Remember, I taught yesterday that money is not a reward. Money is an enablement for the work that you're doing. Period. The reward is not money. The reward is actually the work. Are we getting that? The reward is the work, not the money. Because we are blessed in what we give, not what we receive. The reward is actually the work, not the money. So money is not the reward. Money is an enablement for you to get the reward, which is the work. <laughs> Hallelujah. In order to draw down enablement from heaven, there are two kinds. And by enablement, I'm talking about money, resources, and things that they like. Okay, I'll get a big can out so that we can understand. Okay. In order to bring down money from heaven, for whatever it is that you're doing to be blessed, there are two kinds of capacity physical capacity and spiritual capacity. Which should I talk about first? Which should I talk about first? Spiritual capacity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David was anointed as king over all of Israel. All of Israel. All of Israel. Meaning, in just a little while, this man will have access to all kinds of wealth, wealth untold, power untold, influence, control untold. This man will have access to the throne. And he was anointed at a very young age. But you see, there is a difference between anoint, anointing and appointing. Anointing time and appointing time. The space between anointing time and appointing time is when spiritual capacity is built inside of a person. Spiritual capacity. Spiritual capacity. The time between anointing time and appointing time is when spiritual capacity is being built inside of a person. And when we talk about spiritual capacity, we're talking about the attributes of God, the characteristics of God, the nature of God. 
we're talking about self-control. But let's first of all start with self-control. Solomon said, it is, it is better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Because if you don't have self-control and you conquer a city, that city that you conquered will be the very thing that will conquer you. And in all of history, the greatest generals in all of history, this was how they won most of their wars. That is the wisest of generals. They, just like the game of chess, if you really know the game of chess, it's not just about what's happening on the board, it's about what is inspiring every action on the board. Who knows how to play chess here? Who knows how to, who knows how to play chess here? And in playing chess, who knows how to recognize when your opponent just made an action from fear? Do you, agree? Do you understand what I'm saying? You know when they make an action from here, you know when they are panicking. If you know how to play chess very well. That is, you're not just playing the game, you're playing the person. Because every battle is not with the game, it's with the person. Amen? And the greatest generals in all of history, they always look to see the weaknesses of each commander. Areas where they don't have self-control. And that's how they are able to destroy them. Right? So maybe they know that this particular commander has a lot of pride. Okay? So he knows that this particular, for example, let's say the Nigerian army, for example, let's say the president of Nigeria has low self-esteem. And from observing him all the years, I know that he always tries to prove himself. Always. He just wants to prove himself. And he can waste anybody in order to prove himself before men. So if I want him to make very uncalculated action, if I want him to make a lot of mistakes, all I need to do is to do something that will disgrace him. Are we all paying attention? Are we paying attention? So that general, who knows that the Nigerian commander has low self-esteem, he will sit down with all his officials and say, what can we do to bring a great embarrassment? To that person so that he will try and save face and in trying to save face we will catch him then i'll come together and say hmm, 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 hmm. i think let us get one of our boys to seduce his daughter and sleep with his daughter and take his daughter out of the country <laughs> And the foolish daughter too will comply with, with, with an enemy soldier and elope with someone who she believes is a lover not realizing that he's, uh, he's uh, an enemy of the state. Now, that commander who sent his boy to go and sleep with the king's daughter, you now send pictures, say, look at your daughter, who show videos of how they are doing the daughter in different ways and, you know. <laughs> Do you say yeah. He will not even plan anything. He won't calculate nothing. He will just rise up and send the soldiers. Ah, you don't know that was the game. <laughs> Once he releases those soldiers, they anticipated it. The wipeout will be great. 
<laughs> the wipeout will be great, great, <laughs> great. That's why a lot of kings in history they won battles. That's why they had a lot of spies. The spies is to understand the heart of the king. Once you know the character of the king, you can deal with him. Are you understanding? Because a king that doesn't have self-control, anybody can destroy him. Are you understanding? Anybody can destroy him. Anybody can pull him down at any point. Anybody can take his crown away. Because the crown that is put on you on the outside is not as important as the crown you establish within yourself. Government within your soul. Where every part of your being, all your elements are under the authority of Christ Jesus. Are we paying attention? Because you don't have self-control. It's a... All it takes for you to make a terrible decision as a king is a betrayal from your sister or your mother or your uncle. Before you know it, you just become a wicked person. Simply because you didn't have control over your heart. Bitterness was so easy to come out of you. Rage was so easy to come out of you that because of your rage, your closest advisors were just using you as a weapon to harm all their enemies. I mean, don't you know that's what happened in history? Do you guys know that? That the closest people to the king in the king's court, they were using the king to punish the, 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 the nation. Anybody that is their enemy, they will, they will craft a story and manipulate the king and use his anger, use this and that. You understand it? In the book of 1 Kings, there was a man called Adonijah who was the stepbrother of Solomon. Now, Adonijah was one who tried to ascend the throne illegally. When David was on his deathbed, Adonijah began to gather the, the generals and even some priests to declare him as king. In fact, he already declared himself as king. He lifted himself up. Now, when this happened, Bathsheba went to David and said, My Lord, for you told me that the son of my loins will be the one that will sit upon the throne. How come Adonijah is not claiming to be king now? David said, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. God forbid. He quickly called the prophet and told him, go and anoint my son Solomon and put him upon my donkey that he might enter into the city. Now that's exactly what happened. Solomon was declared king. And when he was declared king, Adonijah quickly ran to the temple and held the horns on the altar saying, please, please, spare my life, spare my life, spare my life, spare my life. Solomon said unto Adonijah, if iniquity is not found in you, no hair on your head will be harmed. But if iniquity is found in you, your head will roll. Amen. If iniquity is found in you, your head will roll. This is why as a man or woman in power, one has to have wisdom. Okay? One has to have wisdom. 
Let us open to the book of Second Kings, chapter two. Chapter two. Chapter two. I want, I want us to read from verse 13 and we're going to read to 25. Who wants to be my reading proxy this morning? Raise your hand. Who wants to be my reading proxy this morning? Raise your hand. First Kings chapter 2 verse 13 to 25. Okay, Oluwa Shayfumi, omit your microphone, please. Do you have NKJV with you? Yes, sir. I'm changing it to NKJV. Okay. Okay, read verse 13. Okay. One second, sorry. Okay. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And no, no. Went First Kings and... chapter two. First Kings chapter two, verse thirteen. Oh, okay. Sorry, this is Second Kings. Indeed. Okay. Now Adonijah the son of Haggith came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. So she said, "Do you come peaceably?" And he said, "Peaceably." Moreover, Pause. he said, Who did Adonijah come to? Bathsheba. Who is Bathsheba? The mother of Solomon. Continue. So she said, Do you come peace peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. Moreover, he said, I have something to say to you. And she said, Say it. So then he said, you know that the kingdom was mine and all Israel had set their expectations on me that I should reign. However, the kingdom has been turned over and has come has become my brother's for it was his from the Lord. Now I ask one Wait, petition. Pause, pause. <laughs> this is so oh, sorry. Sorry, am I reading so <laughs> No, 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 no. But some, there are some places that I just have Selah. Guys, do you see the same story of Jacob and Esau right here? <laughs> do you guys do you see do you all see it do you see it he said all Israel was mine but he said it was turned over to my brother for it was his from the Lord <laughs> isn't that interesting <laughs> hallelujah like Esau who thought the birthright was his but for Jacob the birthright was his from the Lord amen Indeed, Jefferson, older brother, little brother, exactly. It's also been showed here. The last will be the first, and the first will be the last. Okay, she continue. Verse 16. Yes, just read verse 16. Now I ask one petition of you, do not deny me. And she said to him, say it. Then he said, please speak to... Go on, read 17. Okay. Then he said, please speak to King Solomon, for he will not refuse you, that he may give me Abishag, the Shumamite, as wife. Why? Well, first of all, who is Adonijah speaking to in this, in this passage here? 
Ifumi. Who is uh, the Dodinja speaking to? I think he, he's speaking to um the mother. Yeah. Yeah. The mother, the mother of who? Solomon. What is he asking Solomon's mother? He's asking Solomon's mother to give him Abishag, the Shunammite, as wife. Question for you. Why didn't he ask Solomon? Why is he asking the mother? Because he has no access to Solomon. Indeed. So what is he trying to use the mother to do? Manipulate Solomon in a way. Indeed. He's trying to use the mother to manipulate Solomon. Continue, my dear. So Bathsheba said, Very well, I will speak to you. I will speak for you to the king. Bathsheba therefore went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed down to her and sat down on his throne and had a throne set for the king's mother. So she sat at his right hand. Then she said, I desire one small petition of you. Do not refuse me. And the king pause, said pause, to her, pause. Well, first of all, can you see the kind of things that happened in the king's court? Are you guys seeing this? She was literally repeating the words of someone else who didn't have the best interest at heart. And she was speaking as if it was her own voice. Do you see how spirits work? This is an example of how evil spirits can use people in your life to come and speak to you. She was speaking in the spirit of Adonijah. True or false? True. Are we seeing this? She was speaking in the spirit of Adonijah without even knowing. She became a tool for deception without even knowing it. And this is the mother of a king. It's very deep. What is happening here is very deep. Let us continue. Then she said, I desire one small petition of you. Do not refuse me. And the king said to her, pause, pause. That did not refuse me. Where did she get it from? Adonijah. Where, 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 where did she get it from Adonijah? Um, in verse 17, when Adonijah said, Please speak to King Solomon, for he will not refuse you. No, read verse 16. Now I ask one petition. Yeah, that part. Now I ask read one us, petition. Read it out. You do not deny me indeed he told her as a, a petition of you don't deny me now read again what the mother said in verse 20 no no in verse in verse 20 yeah then she said i desire one small petition of you do not refuse me are you seeing how spirits can manipulate people so easily without them even knowing the mother in some degree they have some government over herself and a false spirit came and whispered in her. I hope you understand that this book, this story here is not just physically spiritual. I, I hope we're understanding this. I hope we're getting this. This is a spiritual moment happening here. An evil spirit came to whisper in her ear to possess her and make her to become an extension of his will. And she came and she repeated word for word what that spirit said. Continue, she. And the king said to her, Ask it, my mother, for I will not refuse you. So she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother, as wife. 
and King Solomon. Read 22 very slowly. Hmm? And King Solomon answered and said to his mother, Now why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my older brother. For him and for Abiathar the priest and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. <laughs> Let's pause there. Did you see what has happened? <laughs> <laughs> do you understand what does what does happen there? He said, "Why do you ask for 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 Abishag for my brother? If just collect everything now, collect everything. Just Kukuma collect everything on his behalf. Since you want to, <laughs> Solomon discerned the spirit. Are you understanding? He knew his mother was not the one talking." Are you guys understanding this? This is a little picture of what the sermon looks like. He knew his mother was not talking. Now imagine if this was a boy or a man. First of all, he was a boy because here yeah, he was just 14 years old. Now imagine if he was, you know, because obviously it was the mother that went to go and fight David to get him on the throne. True or false? Not fight, but you get my point. True or false? Wasn't it the mother that went to go and meet David to say, how far my son you promised me that we'll be on the throne. If he didn't have self-control over his esteem and everything, won't you say, ah, let me give my mother whatever she wants, let me just appease her? Won't you do that? Have you understand it? He would have done that. And in that moment, he would have handed over the kingdom to somebody else. Because the spirit came to move the hand of the king's mother in order to move the king's hand. Are you seeing how a lot of kings are manipulated by false spirits? When they don't have control over themselves, it just takes one person who is a channel for a false spirit to begin to manipulate the king. Sometimes the chain can even be seven people strong. Now you don't even know where the actual spirit comes from. There are seven proxies between the king and the demonic spirit, all those people, they don't even know that they are under the influence. They don't even know that they are being possessed. But that king, if that king himself or herself does not have self-control, does not have government, that's how that king will also become an extension of that false spirit. Guys, are you seeing how nations enter into darkness? Are you seeing it? Look at Joe Biden throwing away the American government in the name of a few people that are crying. Oh, look at how they marginalized us. Look at what they've done to us. Let us have our gay parade in the White House. Wow. People have manipulated your kindness. They have manipulated your compassion in order to sway your hand. And the, that's, that gay parade is just one of them because I don't want to lift it up as if being gay is the worst thing in the world. There are many terrible things that people do. I hope you understand. But it's the same way it happens. They'll come with strong emotions. Oh, you know you owe me. You know you did this. I need you to do that, do that, do that. That's how kings, they, they throw away their crown. Because they don't have self-control. Sometimes, it just takes someone to just come and 
offended because the devil knows that hold on Shay, don't, don't mute yet the devil knows that in order for him to really thrive as a king he needs to be able to trust some people so what does he do he will raise a particular person who will betray the king terribly to make the king now have serious trust issues and his fear and paranoia becomes his governor that when the real god sent person appears the king is not paranoid the one who is now his protector and salvation will pursue him a high way because of his slavery to fear are you understanding this now let's finish it off Shay. let's see what solomon did then king solomon swore by the lord saying may god do so to me and more also if adonijah has not spoken this word against his own life now therefore as the lord lives who has confirmed me and set me on the throne of david my father and who has established a house for me as he promised adonijah shall be put to death today so king solomon sent by the hand of benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and he struck them down, and he died. Amen. Solomon killed him. Thank you so much, Shay. May God bless you. Solomon killed him immediately. What Solomon was killing was a voice of a foul spirit that wanted to enthrone himself in the throne of his father. Are you guys understanding this? Are you seeing the spiritual aspect of this story? Because we don't see the outward part, we don't actually see the spiritual part. He killed a false voice that wanted to enthrone itself. And do you know what that false voice is? The, fo- the voice of guilt. Oh, I don't deserve to be king, so let me appease the person who actually was supposed to be king. Let me appease him because, you know, I'm an imposter. If Solomon didn't have confidence in the fact that he was king, you will be appeasing that, that boy. True or false? Is it not deep? Are you able to see this? He'll be appeasing that boy. Say, ah, this one is the one that is meant to be king. Let me just appease him. You know, because actually, I'm actually an imposter. I don't really deserve the throne. It's just, you know, he, all the men followed him, but me, it's just my father that, you know, the imposter syndrome. If he had done that, he would do that all the days of his life. And everybody will come and challenge him. Just like they challenge Moses and saying, who made you Lord of ours? It is better for a person to have self-control than to conquer a city. Is it making sense? Someone says spiritual capacity. Spiritual capacity. Can you see from this little story that it wasn't just money that Solomon had. Are we seeing this? Are we seeing this? There was some level of spiritual capacity, at least in the beginning of his life, that made him able to harness that throne without that throne being the one to harness him. 
Because the very moment he sat upon the throne, a false spirit appeared to try and seize the gate. Ah, it's deep. I wish you understood it's deep. <laughs> That's why Paul said, pray for people in authority. The moment a person enters a position of influence, all kinds of spirits begin to trickle down to that person to control them so that that throne will be an extension of their power, including God. Are you understanding this? Even God does the same. Once a person gets a position of influence, God starts to appear, come, you that have the sway over this amount of men, let me tell you what you should say to them. That's what happens. Once you're in a position of power, spirits begin to gravitate towards you in order to make you become their proxy, in order to establish their government upon all those people who have given ear to you. But when one lacks self-control, you will know. You will know when you sell yourself to false spirits. False. False. You make five million dollars from nowhere overnight. You and your wife, or you and your husband, you have been fine all along. Ago. One day, a spirit will come and whisper in your ear through your friend, saying, Don't you know this kind of money you have? You can get any man, you can get any woman. If I don't you know that it's even poverty that even brought this person to you. Now, God has blessed you with money so that you can have a new spectrum of options. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? You don't know that's what happens. And it's always come through a person just like this woman who a spirit used her. It will come through a person just like Peter. When the devil spoke through Peter, they will come to a friend. They say, ah, I know the chairman. You know? Some of us is in the workplace. They just promoted you. See, I cannot person do like that. How can a person go scot free? Don't you know that as you are now, you have the ear of, of, of the manager. You don't even need to tell the manager to fire her or him. Just, just show the manager what she's like. You know, just tell him one of you things. Say, ah, you know, you are even working for his best interest. So just whisper in the manager's ear. Say, ah. Hmm. This lady, hmm, let me tell you what she did yesterday. Now, you now start programming that person's mind to make him a weapon to terminate a person's contract because you are bitter. Understand, that person might really be a bad person in the workplace. Are you understanding? That person might really deserve to be fired. But you moved in the spirit of bitterness and malice. And the little power and influence you had in that office, you used it to harm somebody. Witchcraft has already started. Are you guys understanding? Witchcraft has already started. Because such a person didn't have the capacity to forgive, to actually overlook things sometimes and be merciful no spiritual capacity now that power that has entered your hand will start to turn you into a devil because like, like i said before money is simply an enablement period the question is what is money enabling 
Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? Money is not a reward. Money is an enabler. Money is like energy. It powers the action of something. Do you eat money? I'm asking. Do you eat money? Does anybody eat money? No. You don't eat money. You eat what money can purchase. And look at how money has enabled all manners of evils in so many people all across the world, even in the church. Look what money has done. That's why God, before he gives wealth, he first of all sees whether one has the spiritual capacity. And so just like David in the wilderness, he begins to work on your character. And the way God works on your character, shall I tell you how God works on your character, people? Shall I tell you how God works on your character? Shall I tell you so that you can know when God is trying to work on your character? Do you want to know? He will expose you to situations that will show your flaws. That's how he works on your character. In your life, the place that's your biggest pain point that makes you crack your character the most, that place is where God is trying to work on. That's the way you can know where God is trying to work on in a season of your life. That area that keeps on being pinned, that place, that's where God is working. That's where God is trying to perfect you. That's the area. Who do you become when you are broke? Who do you become when people don't validate you? Who do you become when people are not kind? Who do you become? That person, that's what God wants to address. And until that is addressed, God cannot give you more than you have. He can't. He shouldn't. He wouldn't. If he does so, he's wicked. Because look at who you already are with this little. How can God now come and complicate your life by adding more to you? Won't you be a, won't you be a wicked father? Have you understand? He will be a wicked father. He has seen your character, how you are cracking already like this. To not come and add more. Ah, uh, ah, uh, you are finished now. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? I'm finished. You understand it? So God will expose you to situations that will reveal your cracks so that you can go to Him for help. Lord, help me. Look at what has come out. I don't want to continue like this. I don't want to keep on reacting this way. I don't want to keep on talking this way. I don't want to keep on behaving this way. This is something that we have to intentionally do. A systematic building of character. Oh God, I don't want to continue talking like this. And we're going to really touch on this in a meditation course actually. Oh God, I don't want to continue like this. I don't want to be like I don't want to behave like this. No. And you begin to work with him to correct the various anomalies in your character. Amen. Because all those things that become exposed, those are the areas that will pull you down if he lifts you up. Oh, victory, the light of God has shone upon you and the truth has come out. See what victory said. I didn't say this. She said it to tell you how light works. She said, so it's actually in his mercies that he withholds the blessings that I seek so tirelessly. He's actually working on my character. Absolutely. 
Didn't you see what happened to O.J. Simpson? Huh? See what has happened to Kanye West? When you are taking a high but no character, you'll be pulled down. That thing that took you high will want to destroy you. Have you understand it? It'll be the very thing that will bring you down. And the fall will be so great when you fall from that height. God knows this character you have, he can't sustain you up there. If I give you this thing, you'll be ruined. Your family will be ruined. Everybody will be ruined. You'll become a hated person. No one will like you anymore. Because with your 5,000 naira, your, your $10, you're already forming, raising up your shoulder. You're already acting like you're better than everybody else. If God gives you $10,000, has he not killed you? With your miserable $10, look at how you're behaving. It's now God who is the fool that now come and give $10,000. Now, wow. <laughs> eh? Some of us just, they just give us maybe a small prefect or, you know, they just give you a small managerial position. All of a sudden, you are sitting down like a chairman. Talking to people anyhow. Really, what you have done, you don't even know that you have postponed your promotion for the next three, four years. You don't even know. That behavior, that small, God has tested you small with power. Look at how you are behaving. Ah, uh, you you don't learn. <laughs> I know what will not happen. The devil will now come and give you alternative ways of acquiring a power that God will only give you through process. He will show you how to cut corners. And enter into authority and prominence so long as you bow down to him. <laughs> what does it mean to bow down to the devil? I've told us every spirit is a law. Every spirit is a law. So you must bow down to his law, to his rules. That's what it means to bow down to the devil. People think bow down to the devil is just about putting a picture of a hunt, uh, red person. What's, what's with all this nonsense? No, 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 no. He's bowing down to the, to the laws and ordinances of hell. In the name of pride, greed, jealousy, lust, vanity. Bow to these things. And I will lift you up. I many people, I did not like that. Look at small Nollywood. They have never reached anywhere. Look at all of them. See, pride is swallowing them. Lust is swallowing them. Eh? Eh? Nollywood is systematically training all their women to become prostitutes. It's now becoming a culture that you have to be ready to prostitute yourself in order to ascend. Even men, I have a friend who is an actor. He told me of how many men have tried to sodomize him to give him a rule. It's why he's been running from Nollywood. He'll tell him, listen, if you want this rule, you have to come to my hotel and let me do you how I like. And you do me how I like. And when we've done each other how we like, I'll give you that role. Uh -uh. Don't you know I'm a chairman? All I need to do is just make one phone call. The role is yours. Just come. Let me do you well. That's the truth. That's what's going on. And that person who is a fool, who God, because you cannot, ah, God, I, I'm sorry for a lot of these young boys and girls who are way in over their head, who think they are apostles to the marketplace when they have not sat down for God to give them character. 
have you understood the faith that rejects the faith that rejects by faith moses rejected to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter by faith moses chose the reproach of christ over the riches of egypt by faith you cannot say you want to enter babylon without the faith that rejects i understand it because babylon gives you all your desires everything you've ever dreamed of it gives to you so in that place you must know how to reject have the poorest car have the dirtiest clothes have the smallest house that's the only way you can be preserved in Babylon. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. If you don't know how to reject, Babylon will waste you. I don't know who I'm talking to. If you don't know how to reject and you tell yourself you're an apostle in Babylon, Babylon will waste you and there will be nothing left of you but pieces on the ground. Don't fool yourself. If you don't know how to reject, because it's in that rejection that God gives you the strength to have authority over that place. Because whatever you can reject has power over you forever. It has influence over you. It has control over you. What you can reject, you can't have the power to judge. Have you understand it? What you can reject, you don't have the power to judge. That thing is a judge over you. No matter what you see, that thing is a judge over you. In the room where they are sharing iPhone 14, in the room where they are sharing brand new car, you must be able to say, no, I will use my iPhone X and I will serve the Lord. You trade your, your birthright for iPhone 14. You trade your birthright to be part of a party so you can network with people that will bring you to your grave. You trade your birthright for a Range Rover. How many of those girls have traded their birthright? Even the men too. How many of them have traded? And they will come and talk nonsense. I see some of them. I see some of them being lifted up. Oh, in Nollywood, I'm the one. Shut up your dirty mouth. And look at you. You don't know anything about rejection. You are not in any apostle in that place. Be quiet. Because you, you take everything that is given to you. Faith that rejects. The faith that rejects. Because you have seen what God has in store. And what God has in store, you know, is more valuable. Even though it comes in an earthen vessel. God puts treasures in earthen vessels. That's how he always works. He never looks glamorous on the outside. He takes the spirit of discernment and wisdom to see what is concealed. Have you understand it? Now in that industry that is demonic, the suffering you're facing for righteousness is how God is building your character to give you a scepter in that place. But if you compromise, you trade away the scepter of Judah. You trade it away. You trade it away. You cannot enter Babylon. You don't have the faith that rejects.
and rule in Babylon. That's what gave Daniel power. His ability to say no where every other man was saying yes. Capacity. Is it making sense? Is it sinking in? Capacity. Spiritual capacity. Spiritual capacity means you have more room to accommodate the presence of God inside of you. That's spiritual capacity. But you have more of his character, more of his nature, more of his way of thinking, more of his way of feeling. You have more of him. Spiritual capacity. More space to draw down the spirit of God into the temple of your being. Spiritual capacity. First, that is what is that's the first thing that brings down wealth. First. Because the first and highest wealth is God Himself. Are we understanding? Spiritual capacity. God will never give you what you don't have the capacity to contain. Never. Never. God will never give to you what you don't have the capacity to contain. He will be a bad father if he does that. He can't be a loving father if he does that actually. Only a bad father would do that. Only a bad father would do that. Are you understanding? That's why Christ, he didn't allow people to put a crown on his head. We have to know how to begin to reject things, people of God. It's not everywhere you go. It's not where they call you that you, you go to. It's not everywhere. It's not everything they give you that you collect. It's not everywhere. You have to know how to reject. That's the only way you can be preserved in this evil world. Do you know how many... I was talking to some friends the first day. They were talking about a particular wealthy man in Ikoi, who in his house, he has a nightclub and he has a church <laughs> in his house. Now that church he has, he invited 60 priests to come and consecrate that altar. 60. Best believe every one of them collected at least three to five thousand dollars. Has God not punished all of them already? Listen, you think God's punishment is in when something bad happens to you? <laughs> that bad thing happened to you is, a, is an after effect. <laughs> the moment you are able to do evil and there is no longer any pain in your heart, that's the punishment of God. He stops talking. It stops pricking your conscience. That God has already started punishing you. Listen, if you ever find yourself doing something evil and you don't feel any any remorse, ah, <laughs> God has already started punishing you. Let me just tell you for free. If you do something that's from scripture and from counsel, you know it's wrong, but you don't feel any guilt, ah, God is setting you up for a flogging. If you are wise, <laughs> if you are wise that's why God gave us external witnesses of his word in case your internal witness is not working 
so that even though you can't hear the internal witness from these external witnesses that you can verify you know you are in the wrong in that moment just turn back oh, because the devil deceive you ah la 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 and very soon you'll be drunk with wine <laughs> you'll be drunk but not with wine <laughs> you'll be drunk with the wrath of god <laughs> <laughs> the Bible says he will give them over to a reprobate mind. He will give them over. The Bible says he, he sent them strong delusion that they will believe a lie. God will delude the person. <laughs> delusion. God will suppose the scripture so that we can have scriptural references for all these things I'm saying, okay? I'm not using street poetry to talk, but I'm I'm still in the Bible. I hope we understand <laughs> that this code that uh, in Luluwa does put now, someone who can post it now, people will be wondering what, what kind of statement is this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I beg you. <laughs> Let me just explain it with scripture so that we all understand it. Amen. <laughs> See, from whatever you post the Bible verse, make sure you post the where you got it from, okay? Post the book, the chapter, the verse. Hmm? Don't just post the text so people can know how to get it, okay? And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 11. He will send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie. When you are starting to justify something that is evil, ah, delusion is not fire will. Just catch yourself. Because some of us will say, but how come I don't feel any remorse when I do bad things? Yay! You are being handed over to a reprobate mind. You better address yourself quickly. Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to somebody? When you are doing something that by scripture, you know is against the character of God, but for some reason, you don't feel any guilt or any remorse. You better address yourself quickly. Delusion is not far away. Very soon, you'll be at peace with it. Are you understanding? That's what happens with a lot of people. You just start by watching funny TV show. The next thing, masturbation. The next thing, you just touch this boy, touch this girl. The next thing, you are full sexual immorality has started. And you find a way to justify it. That's what happens. Delusion has come. In the name of I'm broke, you just let me inflate the books a little bit. Let me just add this white light so that I can get extra money. That's how it starts. Before you know it, your conscience is not, is not bothered by your theft. Delusion has come. And after delusion comes judgment. Judgment. <laughs> Hallelujah. Spiritual capacity. Spiritual capacity, the ability to harness more of the character and nature of God. I'll write that down. That's spiritual capacity. Where more of God can tabernacle inside of you, the more of God that can rest inside of you, the more He can trust you with. So I'll write that down. 
the more of God you are able to contain, the more he is able to trust you. You understand? The more of God we can contain, the more he is able to trust us. So God can give you more if he can't trust you. No, he can't. How can he? Is he wise? You, will you give more to somebody that you don't trust? The 1,000 naira you give to them, look what they did with it. Would you give them 5,000 naira? We in our little wisdom that know better, how much more God Almighty? So when God looks at you and does not see a great weight of his character, he can't give you more enablement because all you do is enable iniquity in your life. So before we talk about any kind of wealth, physically speaking, we need spiritual capacity. So far, so good. Have we understood this part? Have we understood this part? Are you happy that we spoke with spiritual spoke about spiritual capacity first? Even though we can still go on and on, because this spiritual capacity doesn't end. We keep on talking about it. Okay, it doesn't end. But for the sake of just you know wrapping up a particular point, we'll just camp it here because it goes on and on. Amen. I just talked to you about self-control, you know, you know, it's endless, even patience. Huh? Hallelujah. So, in order to drag down the wealth of heaven, which first and foremost is God Himself. We need capacity. We need space for him, space for God inside of your heart. Because when there is no space, the oil cannot come down. Amen. Now, we're going to talk about physical capacity. Physical capacity. For success in business. Remember, the primary spiritual if you don't have spiritual capacity and physical wealth enters your hand, what you have inherited is not money, it's debt. It's debt. It's debt. Have you heard of the windows? These people that did this movie, Professor, suddenly. His wife said, because her birthday was a few days ago. She said on her birthday, she got credit alert that she has never seen in her life. The kind of money that she received from people over the world crediting her on her birthday, it shocked her. She had to give it away. <laughs> she had to give it away. She knew she didn't have the capacity to carry this money. Some of us, we don't even know that. We don't know that much. <laughs> uh, we don't know that much. Father, may not enter hand today. Father, may wood. We don't even have that wisdom. She gave the money away. She knew that this was going to be the beginning of her derailing. She gave it away. I watched one movie, one one um, sermon of Arome. He was preaching, and 
he was talking about, I think he was talking about like capacity, for example. And he called a random girl on stage. And he said to her, if I give you two million now, what will you do with it? The girl was stammering. She was stammering. Um, um, he said, go back and sit down. You don't need two million because you don't have what can hold two million. Two million will waste you. <laughs> and that's the truth. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's the truth. Some of us, where we are right now, we don't need two million naira. We don't, except maybe there's a there's a health crisis, or we don't need two million. We actually don't need two million naira. When we need fifty thousand, seventy thousand, we don't need two million. Because if that two million comes, things that we we will not even think about on a normal day will enter our head. Who knows what I'm talking about? When strange money comes, things you didn't think about for five years, you start thinking about them. You start thinking you just be buying rubbish. Is this true or is this false? Do you understand it? Because you don't have the physical capacity to receive that thing. When it comes, it takes from you, it does not add to you. Have you understand it? Bill Gates, give him five million dollars. He will laugh. He says it's not even enough for what I want to do. <laughs> All of a sudden, he will laugh. He says it's not even enough. Let me give this to one of my boys who, you know, that day, that day, that day, that boy will put that money somewhere. When in three weeks, it will become 14 million. That 14 million will come. He will take 1 million and flex with his wife and children. He will take 13 million, put it back. That 13 million will become 45 million. Before you know it, at the end of the year, that three million that was given to him is hundred million dollars. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? That's someone who has built physical capacity to not just bring wealth down, but to harness it, to process it, to multiply it. If all you are is a consumer economy, you can never draw down the enablement of heaven. No, 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 no. You have to be able to produce. Are you understanding it? The one who received the talent, the talent, but could not multiply it, even what he had was taken from him. Because God is not about, he doesn't work with people who are just consumer economies. You can spend more than you can earn. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You cannot draw down the resources of heaven. You need to have capacity physically to bring down resources, to bring down God's blessings, to be able to trap it, to keep it, to multiply it, even in the physical world. Have you understand it? You cannot say you want 10 million where you don't have any physical infrastructure that can pull down 10 million. Is it making sense? Is it making sense? Have you understand it? You have a business you only have two staff and it's not like you are selling high-end luxury goods how is 10 million going to come with just you and two staff from where are you understanding it except maybe you are doing a job that is high skill which you 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 created your physical capacity over years of training are you getting my point for example you you are a baker you are you make clothes how can you tell god to give you 10 million through your business when you only have one staff do you want to kill that person that poor boy 
that already you steal a lot of his weekends. How would tell me to enter your business when you only have that one staff? Is it making sense? Let me tell us, tell us a story. There's a particular man who year after year, he will go and meet a particular um, man of God, prophet, whatever you want to call him, and say, please bless me, please bless me, please bless me. I want to increase in wealth. You know? And that man, he, he was doing a courier business with a horse. So he uses his horse to go around and deliver packages to people. So every year he'll go and meet that prophet. The prophet will pray for him. Money will not come. So one day, the horse now died. He now went to go and meet the prophet. I said, ah, now I'm really finished because that horse has been feeding me. The horse has now died. Oh, God. The prophet prayed for him. After the prophet prayed for him, that same year, everything in his life turned around. He entered into wealth that he had never seen before in his life. Ah, he now went back. He now said, ah, how come all these years you were praying for me, nothing happened, but in the year that you pray for me now, something happened. He said, it's not as if there was no blessing. That horse that you had, that horse could never bring down the blessing that you are asking for. <laughs> There's only so much money that your useless horse can give to you. So when that horse died, that was part of God answering your prayer because you had tied your, your fortune to that horse. You know, some of us, we just tie our destiny to one thing. Say, God, you must bless me through here. Who told you that that place can bring that kind of blessing down? Or you tie yourself there, tie your destiny there. Say, God, you must bless me through this thing. So with that blessing you're asking for, you peg it to one thing. How can you go up? Can't you see that that place that you are, there's only so much that can come out of there. Are you understand? Okay, your laughter is strong. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to somebody? Imagine a bricklayer. All you know is bricklaying job. But you want to have family thousand on your account. Unless you're a thief. Because your education can never bring down 500,000. It just can't. There's no physical capacity to draw down that kind of money. I'm understanding this. There's no structure. Nothing can pull it down. Nothing. So all you know how to do is to lay bricks. All they can bring down for you is that two thousand dollars stipend they give you every day to buy your coke and bread. Period. Because that place that you are and what you're doing, you cannot bring down more than what is bringing down. Because that thing doesn't have the capacity to pull down more wealth. Is it making sense to us? Abiso is asking, does, this, does it mean one can be in the wrong business? Of course one can be in the wrong business. Because people are in the wrong places all the time. All the time. A right or wrong business is not about where you have money. I hope you understand. Right or wrong business is where God wants you to be. That's what determines whether a business is right or wrong. Okay? Because you choose to become a drug peddler today, you blow now. <laughs> but is that the right business? <laughs> In that business, there's capacity for money. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that money is not the one that brings joy. This brings sorrow. 
we understand it. The Lord makes rich and does not add sorrow. So you have a business. Let me let me now make it very canon now. You have a business. You want to increase your revenue. Yeah, praying, 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 praying. Let him say you have spiritual capacity. You still need physical capacity. Okay. This is your supermarket. There's only so much money that it can bring you. Amen. In fact, not a supermarket. The location where your supermarket is, there is only so much money that it can bring you. Maybe you want to consider saving money and relocating to an area with people with a higher income so that you can even have the chance to purchase more expensive products and sell. Is it making sense? Is it making sense? Don't you see that the prices on the mainland and on the island are different? <laughs> on the mainland, you buy a shirt of 1,500 naira. On the island, that same shirt is 15,000. <laughs> location matters, amen? <laughs> so some of us, the location of your business is the problem. That location, it can never work for you. I know you've been there for a long time and it has helped you in the past. But you can't increase. And this is me being kind of talking about money now because God may want you to be there. Amen. But you can't increase if you're still in that location in that same circle of people. No, no, no. Because how much money can you get there? You can't increase because there's only so much, so much uh, uh, capacity in that area. Okay. You are into services of any kind. You want to consider, for example, now, maybe you are in the hospitality business, you are in the even corporate business, okay? In order to bring down more money, this doesn't mean carnal now, okay? You have to create more value. But you need to ask, what when we say value, what makes me more valuable? You want to begin to consider the various dimensions of a person's being. Again, it still comes back to the place of service, right? Where your business is now considering other aspects of a person's being that is not so obvious, but is there. So for example, you have a business that does accounting or something of the sort, and you can arrange people's books perfectly, okay? But what gives you an advantage is discretion, where when you do the work, it doesn't ever leak outside. Have you understand it? What gives you an advantage is the position where you place yourself. You guys understand what I'm saying? All these different capacities you begin to build creates room to bring down more you improve your skill set through education you go online find out in this field of work what are the new innovations that are coming out how can my craft be improved are you understanding you are a social media influencer for example you make content go and check online what are the things that people are doing maybe you you don't buy some clothes this month you invest on better equipment or maybe you hire a proper uh, video editor. Are we understanding? 
that makes your videos look more professional. It is even it will become easier for you to demand more. Is it making sense? Because people look at your videos and it's clear that our ah, investment has gone. Oh, look at the way it was edited. Look at the way things were cut. Look at the the the, the clarity. It can it opens the door for more to come down. But when your video looks like it was taken by Nokia phone, how how can money enter there now? Are you understanding? Because there's no physical capacity, there's no infrastructure to pull this kind of money down. Is it making sense to us? Is it making sense to us? You're a cook, for example, and you want to see how your business can make more money. You want to start going around, do a bit of research. Again, like I said, all these things are not... There are people who can articulate all these physical things better than I can. I hope you guys understand. I'm just giving you the spirit. I'm just trying to give like direction. Is it making sense? Is it making sense? Okay. So the actual particulars, I'm sure some of you can even articulate it even better than I can. You want to go online. What has helped us? We have Google, right? We have Instagram. We have YouTube. We have access to so many people who are so much better than us. We can learn about the things they did. How did they add more value to their business? What are the things they started to consider? What do I need to learn? What kind of training? Should I put my staff through hospitality? How do they speak to customers on the phone? There's a way that you can call a particular business. The way they will talk to you, you swear to God, your mother, your father, that you will die seven times before you patronize that business again. Am I lying? Am I lying? You will never, the way they spoke to you, you will never, you will never patronize again. And there's some places that the way they will talk to you, you don't know how to not patronize that business anymore. <laughs> Once you think of that particular product, you just need to call them because those people, they are your people now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because your staff, you have you have cut a bit of your profit in order to pay for them to go through training in hospitality. How to talk, how to walk, how to observe the customer. Are you guys understanding? Training. Be willing to lose a little bit to invest. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Create greater infrastructures. Because as you begin to develop different aspects of your business that appeals to different tastes in people, the more money can come out. How many conversations not to Canada? <laughs> Are we paying attention? You're a graphic designer, for example, you're a web designer. Why would I pay you $2,000, $3,000? What gives you that advantage? What, what? When I look at your website, it's like, what anybody else can do. What gives you that advantage? I can see that you have not really done research. You have not really worked on your craft. Why should I give you that much money? Have you understand it? We need that infrastructure. And ways you can improve your infrastructure is through education. Educate yourself. There are a lot of courses that are free that will really change your life. Have you understand it? And there are some that are paid for. You can sacrifice some clothing money, some playing money, and pay for that course. I'm not paying for that course, learning some basic stuff. You begin to put them to practice, improve yourself. 
even apart from the business you can improve your own character your presentation because some of us the issues is that we don't know how to present because guess what in the world today most people they know that money is not the problem the problem is getting a good product true or false if you get a good product investors will pursue you is this true or is this false it's true you have a good product money is what will pursue you you'll be the one that will be choosing oh i don't want you i don't want you you get my point because money has never really been the point when you have a good product a solid product people will be fighting they will have a bidding war in order to invest in your business and you now have the controlling power you can say listen this is what i want this is what i want but you have to invest in yourself in your craft educate yourself save money and invest in things that can make your business look more efficient. You understand it? Don't just plateau and say just because I've been making money, I've earned this money. That, no, you, you can't earn more then because the infrastructure that you have cannot bring down more than this. There's only so much money Mr. Beast can make through a horse with their donuts and meat pie and their miserable jollof rice and turkey. There's only so much money they can make. Have you understand it? Through a horse. Except they offset it by making multiple branches. But still, how I, I mean, with the cost of, of land these days and rent, it's not profitable. You understand? So consider things. And people, for example, they realize, oh, there's economic recession. Look at Chicken Republic. Chicken Republic was going underground. What did they do? They say, ah, man, our business is not working anymore. Look at all these new people that have come up, but what can we do? They observed the environment. Said, ah, let's give them, what do they call that meal? Is it refuel meal? 700 naira, you eat jollof rice and chicken. For 700 naira, jollof rice and chicken. For those who are not uh, in Nigeria, that's one dollar. <laughs> you have a full plate of jollof rice and chicken for one dollar. It's not 1,000, okay. That's like 1.1 dollar or 1.2 dollar. <laughs> <laughs> their business boomed it boomed people started coming money that they, they didn't end before they started to edit are we understanding is it making sense they created a product that could easily that could that was tailored to the average man the common man because they took they took note of the recession in the economy all these are different ways of creating infrastructure within your business to bring down, bring out, bring down more money. And you, you cannot know this if you don't observe your environment and see what is lacking, what you are lacking, how you can improve yourself. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because money always follows a good product. So how can I improve my product and how can I even create a new kind of product? Amen? Is it making sense? Making sense? So Star Wars, for example, Star Wars, I mean, they already made all their movies. What did they not do? They started making cartoons, started making TV shows, started making games. Didn't it bring more money for them? I'm asking. Didn't it bring more money for them? It brought more money now. Because those movies that they made in 1980s, it's only so much money you can bring out. No matter what they say, give more, it's only so much. 
Now they started making merchandise, started making clothes. Okay, so on the, they used the strength of the brand to start making T-shirts. People bought them in thousands and millions. Made TV shows, cartoons, games. Now they have some powerful TV shows right now. One is called The Mandalorian. One is called The Book of Boba Fett. One is called Obi Wan Kenobi. Amazing, man! I enjoyed it. The well, shame for me. Of course, eventually to come to an end. Everything comes to an end. You know, eventually, you know, eventually to come to an end. It's already come to an end because people don't really love it as much. Because people can see that they're not really serving people. They're just trying to just earn as much money as possible, right? But I'm just speaking from a kind of point of view. You want to earn more money, you have to create the space for it. You understand? You have to create the space for it. Look at Marvel. Marvel, I was, I remember about 12, 13 years ago, hmm, Disney bought Marvel Studios. No, bought Marvel, the whole brand Marvel, for $3 billion in 2000 I believe nine Disney bought Marvel for about three billion dollars in 2009 today Disney has one movie that has earned about three billion dollars if I'm correct is it true I think maybe over two billion dollars is it true or false Black Panther Avengers all of those movies they've crossed the two billion dollar mark are you understanding Wait a second. They bought the company for $3 billion. Now they have one movie that's earned that money. So imagine all the other movies. You can see how right now they are just on profit continuously. Because Marvel back then, they made mostly comics. There's only so much money you can earn from comics. True or false? True or false? There's only so much money you can earn from comics. But by the time you make it into a full-blown movie, you make you know cartoons from it, you begin to make more clothes, you begin to make all kind of things, then there's more possibility for a higher income. So one has to be innovative. How to expand what one has, how to refurbish it, how to add more value to it. Because as it is, no matter how much you pray, if you're only selling comic, comic can only give you so much money. Amen. Amen. I can only give you so much money. So you want to see how to strengthen whatever craft you have and add more value to it. Okay? Some of us we might be we might be we might have a good business. But the issue is that we don't know how to tell a story. Give your business a story that people can connect to, that makes me come to your business, not just because of your business, but because of the story. Are you guys understanding? There are so many people who, their business, one of their greatest strength is the grass to grace story that the business is founded upon. Is this true or is this false? Is this true or is this false? You attach a great story to it. Sell your brand. These days, I open a lot of Instagram pages that sell goods, okay? Maybe they sell bags or shoes or whatever. All of them have become comedians. Am I lying? <laughs> Someone is selling rice. They have turned to comedian on, on, on Instagram. They say, hey, today we have made the best rice and stew that you have never eaten in your life. If you eat this, oh my God. You... <laughs> Am I lying? Who has seen those kind of pages before? Who has seen those kind of pages before? 
They're laughing, but it's not true. Is it not true? Are you understanding? You buy it now. <laughs> you buy it because they have put personality on top of their brand. One doesn't have to be a comedian like that, but personality has come on top of their brand. Are you understanding? There's no personality, there's not a face they can connect with, but at the end of the day, human beings like connection. Okay? They like connection. They like when they feel at home. So when they see a smiling face, they see a person talking, it makes them more related, more connected to the business. Even if it's not one's face, it can even be your voice. You know, talking. Oh, wow, they're like... So now it's not just food, but it's also entertainment. That's an added value. Is it making sense? Sometimes it's even the pictures. Invest. For example, if you're in a cooking business, take away some of your profit that you used to go and flex. Get a good photographer. Hire a maybe a chef or something. Let him come and design your food. It can even help you to create a particular design structure for your food so that you don't just give food, you also give art. Are you understanding? Let them create the design. Get a nice photographer. Rent some bowls or buy some nice bowls. It won't cost you much. You go to the market, 1,500 naira, you get some very exclusive bowls. Put the food inside. Take professional picture. Edit it to the max. Post on your page. Wow! It will begin to attract a different tax bracket of people. True or false? True or false? Don't always use your camera phone to be taking the picture of the food. Have you understand it? Get a nice photographer. Or you can even invest in a camera yourself. Save some money. Buy a nice camera. To save yourself even money to get a photographer, you can even learn a bit about photography. Take a nice a short course. Begin to practice. You'll get some nice angles. Yeah, I, 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 you understand what I'm saying? Guys, are you understanding what I'm saying? Is it making sense? You know, you add all these things to your business. It now begins to attract a new tax bracket, a new clientele. You understand? All these things are so important. Learn also how to sell yourself. Right? Learn how to speak. Practice in the mirror how to talk. How to sell an idea. That you enter a room, you can sell rice to a, farm, a rice farmer. <laughs> Hallelujah. All these different things you begin to add, it creates more capacity to bring down wealth. Some of us, the issue is that we don't know how to sell anything. That's the problem. You can't sell. You speak, you are looking down at your feet. No confidence. How will I invest in you? You don't even believe in yourself. How can I believe in you? Except God sent me to just help your life. Why would I put my money in someone that doesn't even believe in himself? <laughs> Such a person, if things get hard, that person will crumble. <laughs> Hallelujah. You want to stand up tall, lift up your head. I say, listen, this business cannot fail. <laughs> Sometimes talk like that. Are you understanding? Talk like that. Place that demand on yourself. And don't just talk with your audio. Actually strive to meet up to that, you know. Although don't sometimes don't go and oversell and then now, you know. So don't go and overpromise and underdeliver. Okay. So there's still a balance there where you just whatever you promise is way beneath what you are actually, you know, able to deliver, not way above what you can deliver. So that you don't set yourself up. Work on your communication. Practice in the mirror. Look in your eyes in the mirror. Some of us, you can't look in your eyes in the mirror. Two seconds, you turn your face away. You need to know how to hold a person's gaze. Let them be the ones to be uncomfortable and turn their eye away. And you look dead in the eye. 
they say, my God, who is this person talking to? Are you understanding? Learn how to speak with passion. Let your heart enter your words. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It gives strength. Your brand, now people can pay attention to it. You get what I'm saying? Is it making sense? Understudy people who have gone farther in the business. Understudy them. If you have the chance to stay with them physically, go and stay with them. Learn. We need to be humble. That's the issue with this generation. Everybody wants to be, you want to just always start something new. Who told you you need to start something new all the time? Not really. There are some templates that have been made that you can you can create in a new in a new in a new sphere. Understudy people, learn. Listen to them, learn and adapt, bring it into your craft. Have you understand? And improve yourself. Don't always try to be one more pole. Stop always trying to shine above all others. You can partner with people. Areas where you are incapable, you can partner with them. Amen? A lot of supermarkets have started partnering with Gokada. True or false? Instead of buying bikes, they already see a company that has bikes. They will just make a contract with Gokada. Gokada will allocate a certain amount of riders to them every day. That will help them. True or false? They just pay Gokada a particular amount every month. and So they don't have to go through the process of buying bikes, hiring riders, screening riders. They don't need to do all those things. They just outsource. Now that creates more capacity for more money to come because now they can deliver a bit more. True or false? understanding some of us that were, we have business just find a small you know make a small contract so that you don't even have to worry about driver you already have a company who has already gone to the stress of screen the drivers yes it will cost you some profit yes but it will increase your revenue and you find that you start to make more money and of course your profits will increase because now there's more money coming in so sacrifice a little bit now and invest properly into your business to make things more efficient have you understand it Guys, I've given us a lot of ideas, even though it's just about how we're taking all these things down to apply them in our different, you know, spheres of work. You know, take a course on psychology, you know, psychology in the marketplace, business psychology, so that you can start to understand the movement of the market. You can understand the heart of your clients, how to interpret them. Do you understand? So now your business, there's, there's that angle of psychology where you actually understand people. And everything you do, it really applies to where people are and what they're really looking for. So whenever they come to your business, you, you, you just have an edge. You understand? You have a great edge. You know? These are things we need to really consider. First of all, for businesses today, you want to see how to tell your story. You need to be able to put a story into your business. Because every business is an extension of a person. Who is this person? Who is this person? And don't do it in a too patronizing way where he's always just trying to just steal people's money. Like, you know, put some personality to some personality to it. It's good. You know, it's good. It's, it's, it's good. So there are many things that we can do. Partnerships seeing how to you know 
what areas that we can improve learn learn what when the time when knowledge is so accessible so we can learn from a lot of people a lot there's no there's no field of work you're into that yeah, there's no knowledge available even new technologies that came out last month on youtube there are the people who will make videos about them is this true or is this false is this true or false technologies that will come out just last week there are people who will make videos because they've also seen a gap in the market that there's nobody who will teach people these things so they start to teach it so they make it their, their business to teach every new technology so they'll go through pains of studying whatever new thing comes out and they'll come and teach you they will collect 750,000 views on youtube youtube will pay them notice that and uh, companies will not come and endorse their videos pay them forty thousand dollars to put an ad there for the next three months this is the just things that are happening you understand so you start to improve yourself you get what i'm saying so there's so much you can do us to really have successful businesses but at the root of it we need first of all education more education take courses there's a lot of free courses online they watch videos watch you know there's a lot of things you can learn without paying a dime right whatever business you are go and check go online go on pinterest get ideas get inspiration do you understand what i'm saying get ideas get inspiration it will, it will brighten you up everything doesn't have to come out of your head God has already blessed us with access to so many different kinds of people. Are you understanding? Are we all understanding? Go on Pinterest. You check ideas. You see so many things you can you can add. You know, brighten up your craft. Some of us are issues. We don't know how to write CV. There's so many people online. They have shown how to write CV. You can make it very graphical, very colorful. But you write that people will see it and just the creativity that went into your CV. They are interested in knowing who you are. Is this true or is this false? And learn all these things. Now your applications, they, they, you have a higher chance at getting a job. These are just basic things that we can all learn. Understand? So in order to bring down wealth, we need physical capacity. We need the right infrastructures that can harness these things, that can process them, that can multiply them. No matter how much you pray, there's only so much money a particular business can command. That's the truth. Only so much. So you want more money, you need to ask God, how can I increase? What more work can I do? Because it's work that brings that money. Or not even more work, what kind of work? Some people, their work is not quantity-based, but quality-based. True or false? Quality. So they work for three, four hours, but that quality, oof. It commands a lot. A lot. And why? Because it takes a lot of time to develop that skill set. Amen? You have a brain surgeon. It took years to develop that skill. Yes. So because of that, they can please demand. Can a general practitioner demand what a specialist can demand? I'm asking. What's the difference between a general practitioner and, and a specialist? What's the difference between the two of them? We can tell you just one word, and I've been using the word all along. What's the word? What's the word? It starts with a C. 
what's the difference between what a general practitioner can demand and a special capacity? That's different between two of them. No capacity. Right? A specialist is capable of more than a general practitioner is when it comes to specialized cases. He has more capacity. Right? You go to a hospital, when anyone wants to give birth, most hospitals today now, the, the general practitioner will point you to the gynecologist, true or false, for the woman's issues, you know, for the pregnancy, checking on her. The doctor can, but the specialist is different, okay? You have anything with long skin, there are different kinds of specialists. For children, they are specialists too. So that specialist already is a general practitioner. Is, it, is this true or false? Every specialist is a, is a general practitioner. Is this true or false? But they've added. They've made more capacity. So all of them all have the general medicinal practice, but they're now specialized. Now that specialization gives them room to call down more wealth. So we need to create more capacity. Because what we have presently, it can only bring down so much. And sometimes you will need to invest in yourself, invest in what you're doing in order to expand it. You will lose some enjoyment in the moment. You lose some flex. Yes, you will. But then you create more capacity. You might lose time. Yes, but you create more capacity to bring things down. Amen. Amen. So far, so good. Have we, have we, have we learned things that will be of has been of help to us? That's helped us to see us see things better. Amen. It's not as if it's only pray, pray, pray. Yeah, pray is good, but we still know how we still need to learn how to function in the world in order to dominate the world for God. Amen. So in the church, we just it's not just talking about prayer and fasting. That's the spiritual aspect. We still need the physical aspect. Okay? The spirit is the priesthood. The physical is the kingship. Where we establish what has been received in spirit. And we need physical capacity for these things. Amen. 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 So in bringing down more of God's blessings, we need two kinds of capacity, spiritual and physical. And a good story to anchor these two is Elisha and the widow. Amen. Elisha and the widow. When Elisha came to her, she said she doesn't have any money. In fact, let's open it actually. Let's open it so we can read it together. Elisha and the widow. Let's read it together so that we can have an understanding. Amen. Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4. Who wants to read for us?
Who wants to read for us? Raise your hand, please. Who wants to read for us? Who wants to read for us? No one? Richard, all right, let's do it. Second Kings chapter four, we're going to read from verse one to seven. Amen. Okay, NKJV. Yes, please. Go ahead. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And Let's she pause said, right there. Do you see do you see what Elisha said to her? What did he say to her, Richard? What shall I do for you? What and else? What did he say after? What do you have in the house? Meaning that for God's blessings to come down, you have to have something. Is it making sense? Do you guys see that? You have to have something. It's a two-way street. There must be something that you have that can pull down what you're asking for. What do you have in the house? Continue reading, Richard. And she said, Your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. <laughs> Read that sentence again. And she said, Your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Do you see what happens to most of us? We say, God, I don't have anything, but it's not true. There's something there, but you haven't looked at it. Is it making sense? She has. She says she has nothing but a jar of oil. You don't even recognize what you have. Some of us already have all the ingredients required to to make wealth in our lives, to begin to change our present situations and circumstances. But we don't see it. Some of us we need to pray. Maybe that's what we're going to pray. God, give me the sight to see the jars in my hand that I have not yet harnessed. Continue, Richard. Then he said, "Go." Borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, no. There is not a... Read that last part very slowly. Verse 6. Now it came... When the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. The oil ceased the moment the son said, There is not another vessel. I want to ask us a question. What was the shortage? Was the shortage, was the, shortage the vessel or the oil? Question for you, Richard, and everyone else. The vessel, the capacity. The vessel, the capacity. The issue was not the oil. The oil is endless, the oil is boundless. The shortage was the vessel. The moment there is no vessel, the oil has no way to go. 
God doesn't waste anything. Definitely not his resources. So when there is no vessel, the oil will not flow. Rain pours all day long. But you cannot grow crops if you don't plant a seed and prepare the soil. True or false? Because you need a vessel to harness and transform the rain into crops. Isn't it so? You must have a vessel to trap that rain. And use it for your for, for to, to better your life. So we need vessels. We need vessels. We need vessels. In 2023, we don't have an excuse. Okay. There's so much we can learn. There's so much we can learn. So much. So much. And create new vessels that can pull down the resources of God. Remember, there are two things that pull down resources. The first is primary, the second is second. Because you can have all the physical capacity without the spiritual capacity, nothing will happen. <laughs> God will block it at every turn. And that's why you have a lot of people who are very qualified, but the door hasn't opened. Yeah, because God has seen that this person, there's still some things that are missing. So they have all the physical qualification in the world, but there's something that is blocking it. Some might say, oh, it's an attack from the kingdom of darkness, it's an affliction. Yeah, but for affliction to happen, it means that in your heart, there is space for the devil. That's why the devil can afflict you. There's no space for God, because if there's space for God, the devil will be driven out and he cannot influence your life like that. Amen? So the devil can continue afflicting a person because that person has capacity to hold the devil. The Bible called it a dry land, a waterless ground. In such a person, the devil can tabernacle and completely control and afflict. But not a child of God. Amen. Not a child of God. So there can't be increase in business without increase in capacity. Like I said, you know, I, I, I'm not, uh, what can I say? Uh, when it comes to expressing the physical manifestation of it, there are many of us here who really and truly can articulate better than I can. True or false? There are some of us who are really, really into business, whatever. By all this I'm saying, you can really flesh it out. You can talk about all the latest trends and everything. And by the time you flesh it out, you know, it will even be a richer conversation. Okay? Whoever can do that, great. And the people who can do that, I'm not here to give us direction. Right? Direction, vision. So I'm coming a lot from the spiritual angle. Amen? To give us direction, vision, and where we can put our head. So, there's already a lot of people out there, especially when it comes to physical capacity. Thank you, Richard. God bless you. There are many people are out there who can help us with, with, with physical capacity, what we need to do, how we need to improve ourselves. So, we need to go and research. Amen? We need to research. Don't just sit at home. For those of us who are young, Early 20s, you just came out of school. There are a lot of things you can learn how to do, you know. There are a lot of online jobs that, that can be done. You can create so many online businesses. Go online and check. 
and see which one can work for you prayerfully. You understand? You understand it? Amen. So there's so much. There's so much. There's no need for us in our time to be financially poor, not with how much opportunities that exist in the world today. No, there are too many opportunities. Except God tells you this is the path I want for you, and that's fine. But if you are poor, it should be by choice, not because of circumstance. Not in 2023. There's too much opportunity for everyone to live with a certain degree of comfort, especially with the level of exposure that many of us have. Amen. 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 So the prayer we're going to pray this morning is very, very simple. And even after the meeting this morning, I want us to I want us to pray it even into our day and for the rest of the week. You know? But before we do that, does anyone have any questions? Does anyone have any questions? Meg, go ahead. Please, I wanted to ask the scripture you just read. Go on, Meg. Yes, I wanted to ask for the scripture you just read. Oh, which one? The Elisha and the widow? Yeah, the one that the Lord asked me, what do you have in your house? Okay, Second Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Welcome. God bless you. Mrs. Anula. Okay. Um, morning, everyone. Morning. morning. I should um, During the course of the um, training this morning, you said um, there are right and wrong businesses that God will want, I mean, would approve for you to do. I then wanted to find out how then do you know the right business God wants you to, to be in? Very well. I mean, um, you know, this is like the third part of the series, right? The first part on Tuesday, we started talking about how everything is a business. Even church, even if you're in a church, is, is also a business, right? Because Christ said, I'm about my father's business. Everything in creation is a business. Even donkeys have a business. Everyone has a business. And every business primarily is in service to God. Right? When we talk about service to God, we're talking about serving His will, His laws, His characters, His desires, primarily. Right? That's the primary purpose of every business, to serve God's will. So, on a very general sense, you know, we, we have a general idea of things that are godly, right? That don't contravene God's laws. Obviously, the closer we get to God, and if we're able to really hear him and discern his voice, we can all get very peculiar instructions. But in a very general sense, just by studying the Bible and having a general understanding of God's nature and character, we can discern what kind of business don't serve God. Because on Tuesday, we taught how every business must serve God, 
and serve people. But serving God comes first. Because if we serve people first, I taught on Tuesday, for example, that prostitution is a service, right? And it's a service to people. But that service to people doesn't serve God. It contravenes His law. People who sell drugs serve people. But that's a bad service. A lot of video games that serve people's need for violence and all kinds of things, it serves people but it doesn't serve God. So our businesses can improve when it is very service-oriented. First of all, service to God, where we don't go against His commands, His ordinances, His laws, and service to people where we begin to discover you know, the different needs that they have, the different problems that they are facing. Right? What are prob- for example, in my estate, you know, water is an issue and i think it's generally lucky water is very bad right now one sharp guy he just went to go and because he had a piece of land next to his house he just used that piece of land to dig um, industrial boreholes and he made a very powerful water cleaning plant right and he's the one servicing the whole estate <laughs> with water intelligent dude you know he saw an issue he saw a problem and he said i'll serve and now the issue he's having now he doesn't have enough trucks to meet the demand for water in the estate. If I thought I'm fighting them, I'm like, ah, ah I called this yesterday. There's no water. What's wrong? <laughs> they said, sir, I'm so sorry. Please, it's too much. <laughs> now, his problem is that he cannot meet the demand. Because every business comes into existence to serve in order to meet a particular need. Every business is priestly, right? All businesses are supposed to be priestly. But you exist to serve first to God, secondly to people. So, in knowing which business is good or bad, we need to ask does this business serve God? What makes this business earn money? For example, you have all this, you have all this, um, maybe person is a movie producer. You know, the only reason why people are buying your movie, for example, now, have you noticed how? movies today most of them have a very sexual thing why because they know that people have a great desire for sex and those movie houses are serving people's lust for sex it's a service but it's a service that dishonors god in the place of honoring men are we understanding are you are you you, yes 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 businesses that serve that dishonor God in order to honor men and serve men. So we all need to take inventory of what kind of business that we're doing. You know, we need to take inventory. What am I doing? Obviously, sometimes your business can be very fine, but based on your relationship and intimacy with God, God can give you very peculiar instructions, okay? But before God gives peculiar instructions to people who come closer to Him, He gives general guidelines through scriptures, through studying the lives of people. That's how it is for everyone. Everyone follows general prescription until you know the Holy Spirit by yourself and it gives you your own unique prescription for you. Everybody has unique prescription from the Holy Spirit. But you cannot discover that unique prescription if you have not first followed the general prescription. Amen? Don't steal, don't cheat, don't do this, don't do that. First of all, living your life that way. From doing all those things, then a platform is not created for God to give you more specific and uniquely tailored instructions for one's life. I hope that gives some help. Yeah. Yes. Very helpful. Thank you. Very welcome. God bless you so much. God bless you. You too, sir.
So yeah, we all need to honestly take inventory of of the various businesses we have. You know, yesterday a very lovely girl, you know, she called me. You know, she was talking about how, you know, she just finished school and you know her parents want her to start masters immediately, but she feels like God wants her to, you know, explore some things and carry out some work before doing her masters and all that. And she told me about this long time ago. I said, okay, what do you want to do? You want to make a presentation to your parents, present them with the idea, get them to understand what you're trying to do, and also get them to see how, okay, that gap year might really help you, you know, to discover yourself before you go on. In fact, in that gap year, you might even discover that, oh, the master you were going to study, you don't want it anymore because truth be told, many people are not doing what they studied in school, true or false? True or false? A lot of people, the work that is earning them money and feeding their family is not what they really studied, right? Sure. Many people, that's the case, you know? So I just sort of make a presentation to your parents, you know, at the end of the day, they've invested a lot in you, so you can't just, you know, jump and just, you know, elope. So she told me that she spoke to them recently and they're, they're getting a bit, you know, hardened and everything. And, you know, she didn't tell them the full story. You know, she lied a little bit. You know, because she said she really feels like God wants us to do this. I told her, I said, my dear girl, if what God wants you to do can only be acquired through deception, that can be what God wants you to do. Anything that you acquire through deception and fraud should not be acquired at all. If God can't give it to you the right way, it's not worth taking. Because if you start like this, you will continue like this. And that's how you will be a person without integrity. God that told you about this can very much talk to your parents and give you a voice there. So what you want to do, you want to do everything right. And then put the rest to prayer. She said, what if they disagree? I said, then they disagree and you go to school. But if you have to lie, in order to get what you want, you are not going to stop lying to get what you want. Are you understanding that? That's why I told her. She messaged me one hour later saying, thank you so much. I just told them everything. And that she feels liberated and she feels, I said, that's good. Now you're sure, not just to men, but also to God, that you are a woman of integrity. And you won't cheat in order to gain what you want. That will never be the way. Amen. I thank God for that. And I said this for some of us who are doing certain things that, yeah, okay, God told me to be here, but you are, you are committing crimes to be where God said you to be. That's wrong. God told David that David would be a king, but he didn't kill Saul to get that throne. Amen. God will not tell you to break his law to achieve his purpose. Never. It will never happen. So live the life of David. If God won't put it in my hand the right way, I don't want it. If I have to spend 17 years in the wilderness, 17 years I will spend. I hope someone is listening to this. I hope someone is listening to this. If you are, if there's, if you are, if you are, you are, you own something, and the only reason why you are owning it is through deception. And fraud, it should not be owned. We need to learn the faith that rejects. 
and I, and I know I'm speaking to someone here that upon hearing this, you no longer have peace with what you've been doing. And that's the idea. I'm here to collect that peace from you so that you can enter into the true peace of God because that peace you've had is a lie. It's just trouble waiting to happen. As children of God, integrity has to be paramount. Amen. We have to be people of integrity where your word matters. It counts. If not, God can't hear you. Are you understanding? God can't hear you because the mouth is, is double. It's, it's two-mouthed. It's not straight. Amen. God will give us the grace. In the name of Jesus Christ. Don't worry, Uche. I saw you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Go ahead, Uche. Okay, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, my question is around, I feel like you've sort of touched on it already, but say you have a service, right? And obviously, firstly, your service is to God. So um, in this business, you know that, okay, I'm, I'm not doing what's against the rule of God, but the people that you're um, giving services to, you like, you know that they're way like they're not following God, right? So obviously, I mean, it's not like you know the relationship people, everyone, or your customers have with God. But let's say there's a particular set of people. So let me give an example of the guy you said that supplies water, and um, if there's a let's say club in that area, and you're supposed to be supplying water to them, and you know that okay. I know this business these guys are doing is not of God. Are you um, inclined to supply to them? Because I guess in a way you are you're helping them. Like I just feel like there are certain types of things like that. Or maybe you are um, someone who designs things and someone says, oh, you know, design something for me. But you know that these people are not, you know, very clearly that what they're working or the work they're doing is not serving God. What do you do? Very, very beautiful question. I thank you for asking this because I know it will help many people. Okay. But something like this is always on case by case basis and based on the kind of service you're rendering. I mean, water, come on, water is for everybody now. Will you say because someone is a thief, they won't drink water? The Bible says that God who makes rain fall on the wicked also falls on the righteous, right? So, you give water to the criminals, you give food, even criminals in jail, don't they drink water? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, just from a general point of view, give the water, even if someone is a, a you know, make the hair, if you're, you're a hairdresser, you make the hair, you know, it's not really, but when what you're doing is a direct enablement to, to crime, and you are now becoming an accomplice somewhere. So, for example, someone wants to defraud people and they want to make a fraudulent website and they pay you to make that website. Now, that's different because now you're an accomplice. Is it making sense? You're now a direct accomplice. So, you, you want to be mindful of stuff like that, where you are now a party to crime. In fact, even by law, they can even implicate you. God aside, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was I, I spoke with a boat driver yesterday. He was talking to me about how ah hmm, he said hmm, hmm, if you want me to move drugs for you, just give me fifty thousand. Yeah, and that's what he was saying. He's willing to move drugs. He said because someone gave him drugs one time and didn't tell him that it was drugs. What made him angry was that he was doing the drugs for just the normal Uber amount. 
maybe five thousand naira, six thousand naira. He said that normally, just tell me. I know his drugs I'm carrying, so I need to I need to make it worth my while. And that kind of person is a criminal too, because now he's profiting from, he's profiting directly from crime. You understand? So it's really case by case basis. There's, it's not. There's, it's not. It's not really absolute and. One has to weigh each one, you know, with, with wisdom and discernment. But I mean, food, we say because someone is a thief, you don't give them food. No, no. You know, except some cases where that person needs to be arrested and then you need to call the police. So there's no really, there's no really, um, there's no really, there isn't really a one cut cut, you know, fits all. It's always on mm-hmm. of case by case basis. Hmm? I would have, I would have to you. But in general, yes. if what you're doing, because I had a friend, for example, who is a web designer, he got offered a good amount of money to design a website for a, a pride, a gay pride um, company. And that was when he was broke. <laughs> no, God is interesting. But in that moment, he learned the faith that rejects. You know, because in that moment, he would have been part of the reason why a demonic agenda is propagated. You know, it's part of the reason why a demonic agenda is propagated. So he refused to be part of that building process of that. So he, he abandoned that contract. So stuff like that. You know, as a lawyer, this person is obviously a criminal. They need to go to jail. Why on earth are you defending? The whole point of a lawyer is not to defend criminals. I understand. It's, that's not why lawyers are formed. Lawyers are meant to address areas where injustice happens. So even if you represent a criminal, you represent them in a way where they are not punished more than what they are, they are, they are due. Makes sense? So someone has committed a crime, you have more than 100 people, you need to go to jail. But if there's not injustice where society wants to now kill your whole family, now a lawyer has to step in and say, no, the family have no business here. You don't need to do this and that. It's only this man that has to go to prison and serve his time. But when you now begin to look for loopholes in the law to set free someone who should not be set free, God is going to punish everyone involved there. Is it making sense? Please, something has to be learned as well. And guess what? It's those criminals that pay the biggest money. That's why those lawyers, they follow them and they take pride that, ah, I can get a serial murder from jail. Look how far the world has fallen. So just things like this in general. But I mean, when it comes to water, you know, you give them water now, give them food, you know. So it is well. The person I asked, um, um, so does that mean that I can't sell a finished house to a young boy? You see, all these things are case by case basis, okay. I don't want to give anything that is a law per se. It's not really a law where it's a crime too, you know. But still, I mean, uh, I mean, even today, some people in the name of integrity and just maintaining the spiritual sanity of their, their property, there's some kind of people they will never sell their house to. Are you understanding? So it's not really an absolute law, but it can be a law to some of us where a criminal will not live in my house. You know, a criminal cannot live in my house. I will not. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't want that kind of energy there. I don't want those kind of people here. I mean, you know, 
I, I wouldn't, you know. To be honest, I think left to me, this is not God now, this is me. If I had influence over neighborhoods, money is not enough to get you into that neighborhood. In America, there's some communities like that. I hope you know that. In America, there's some communities like that. That money is not enough to get you there. In fact, even if you buy money, buy a property there, the people in that place can kick you out. They will just file a petition and they'll get you out. Because you're coming there, every day you're throwing party, all kind of crazy people are coming in. Their children are no longer safe. And that's where people could allow their kids to walk on the street now because of you and your, your, and your dogs. They now can't sleep well at night. They will get you out of there. So left to me, personally, it's not God. It's just these are those um, temporary rules, okay? If I have a gated community, not everybody can live there. No. Because there's a place where you need to create a sanctuary, especially where you are living. So that when you go out, you are going out to the world, but where you live, you can't live with criminals. Is it making sense? That's why Jesus Christ always had his secret place with God. He didn't carry people there. Because the place where you recline and rest, that place has to be sanctified. So that when you go out, you have a place you can come back to that is that can recharge you. So me, if I had control to, de to define neighboring communities, if for me, you can't do it for the world because I know every day, the old boy must live somewhere, okay? But for my own sphere of influence, you can't have house where I'm staying. For so many reasons. I've lived with your boys like next door. They are so noisy, loud, throwing party. Like, they are a nuisance. So even your good conscience, you also want to consider the neighbors there. In the name of just making a quick buck, you are ready to now terrorize a whole neighborhood. Are you really a good real estate agent? Just say, you know, not giving any law. <laughs> Amen. Not giving any law. You know, so that's general advice. It's not it's not a law. I, I hope we all understand. I hope we all understand. What if a young boy is buying you clothes or phone? Don't collect it. Especially when you know that person is a criminal. Ah, your blood is there too. Whoever they have robbed, you are connected to that robbery. Especially because you know that that person is a thief. When the judgment hits that person, you collect your share. <laughs> That's the truth. Except you don't know. What if you know? And even sometimes, even if you don't know, blood money. You know? But especially if you know and you enjoy the process of crime, you also enjoy the consequences of that crime. That's the way God made the world. The world is very fair. Listen to me. God made a fair world. The world is not unfair. What is unfair is grace. Grace gives you what you have not earned, what you don't deserve. The world is fair. Don't let anybody deceive you. We're not in an unfair world. The world is fair. It's very fair. Africans sold their brothers and sisters to the Europeans. Do you know that? We created stalls. We kidnapped our brothers and sisters and put them on those stalls. Before, the Europeans didn't have any market. They would just come by the port in the middle of the night and the kidnappers would give them their brothers and sisters for sale. When this became so common, they gave the white people the boldness to have markets in their own land where they would sell their people. So don't say the white men are wicked. Black are also wicked. Have you understand it? Blacks are also wicked. 
Amen. Don't worry, Patricia. This is a question. It's part of what I was planning to talk about. Not, I'm going to talk about partnerships in business too. It's part of the points I've written down. We'll talk about a lot of things so that at least if anybody says business, whatever, I'll just give you six recordings. Listen, it will give you deliverance. So I'm taking my time this week to talk as much as, as possible so that not just for now, but archives for the future. Patricia asked, she said, how about entering into business relations with a Yahoo boy, like a co-investment to set up a business? Don't do that. Though. You want to collect blood money, money that was gotten from the sorrows of somebody. Your business can't be fine. You can't be fine. And sometimes, even if you don't know, that money has a cause attached to it. So you cannot take anything from anybody. You need discernment. Are you understanding? You need discernment. It's not every money you collect. A Yahoo boy that earned his money from robbing a person of their life savings. You think that money is not crying from the ground? Ah! You now invest that money in your business that God made you start. In the name of desperation, you have killed yourself. You have killed yourself. That business will make a lot of money, but the sorrow that will come with it, you will be wondering what's going on. You've got to, the Bible says, don't yoke yourself unevenly. In the long run, it will even pain you because that Yahoo boy will have some values that you can't stand. And because they have a good stake in your company, they can, they can swear your hand, especially if they have majority. They can make the executive decisions and there's nothing you can do. And what kind of rubbish will happen that you will eventually just ask to be bought out of the company and leave. Either you leave or you become complicit with crime and you, 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 you face the judgment of God. So you can't partner with just anybody. It's not just it's not physical alone, it's very spiritual. The criminal, you partner with them, you have collected the money that has all kinds of curses behind it. No? So just to put that out there. Cozy so. Good morning. Good morning. Um, this is a follow-up question to um, the person that asked about providing service to a certain type of people or people who have certain characteristics. So the reason I'm asking it again is because I remembered um, two cases in the U.S. that got to the Supreme Court, somebody that was a wedding cake person and another person was a web designer. And both of them were approached by people from LGBTQ to provide service and they refused, you know, citing in that it's in contradiction to their faith. So I was just wondering, in cases like that, you know, this person may not necessarily be committing a physical crime, either stealing or something like that, but spiritually your value your your lifestyle and the service you want me to render is going to encourage the lifestyle that is in complete violation to the you know life you know to the, my own life and values and godly principles so how you know how to think about it you know to cut it off and basically not encourage it so if your business is put in a situation where you are encouraging a particular life as a business should you step back so that's kind of like my question 
when I was in Dubai, in the neighborhood that I lived in, there were a lot of Nigerians there. Mm-hmm. Nigerians in school, especially. And uh, a lot of them were druggies. Because in Dubai, drugs are very frowned upon. That is on the surface, even though everyone is a junkie in Dubai. <laughs> right? Everybody, especially their, their locals, all drug addicts, all of them. Right? So people started finding legal ways to get high. And legally, you cannot buy codeine from a pharmacy unless you have prescription. But there was this particular cough syrup called amidramine. It didn't have codeine, but it will make you very, very drowsy, woozy. It, it has all the effects of codeine. There was a time where I started even trying, I started even taking that particular cough syrup. I'll go to the pharmacy. I'll buy three. The man knows fully well why I'm buying it. He will give me three amidramine. One for me, one for my friend, one for my other friend. I'll come again tomorrow, I'll buy again, he'll give it to me. In fact, I spoke to one of them, he was telling me that this is their highest selling product. The pharmacy knew very well that they were they were sponsoring addiction in youth in that, in, in, in that environment. That's evil now. Have you understand? I'm just trying to give us an instance. Because there's no one cuts cut it all. At the end of the day, we need to all have personal integrity to judge matters individually. Because once we start to do one cuts cut fit all, Satan can give you so many justifications. I won't enter that trap of any kind of justification. That's why I'm just staying on integrity. That kind of thing is evil. You know that. And guess what? Those pharmacies, because they knew, eh? because they knew that those boys were buying it a mass, they started buying that particular product a mass because it was moving very quickly. Even Andrea, when there was that codeine epidemic in Nigeria, it happened. True or false? Who knows what I'm talking about? For those who at least know a bit about pharmaceuticals, who knows about that? When there was that codeine boom in Nigeria, many pharmacies were stocking on codeine. They didn't give a damn. They were buying, there's one called, um, uh, there's not just codeine, there were other drugs. Tramadol, uh, uh, just different kinds, yeah? They were buying all of them, knowing fully well that youths were being destroyed. They didn't care. You see, that's evil. And God has to punish all those people too, all those establishments, because they are enabling the destruction of souls consciously in the name of profit. Now, do you see what I'm talking about when you serve people but not God? You can't serve God without serving God's laws. I'll repeat it again. You can't serve God without serving God's laws. It's not about putting the, a picture of Jesus Christ in your office. That does not mean a damn thing. In fact, Jesus Christ does not even look like that physically. It doesn't mean a damn thing. Let me just put that out there. All those pictures, they don't mean a damn thing. If the law of God is not established there, if the word of God doesn't have space in your heart, it doesn't matter how fine the statue you have. First of all, Jesus Christ didn't look like that. In fact, those clothing that are using, Jesus Christ didn't dress like that. Those clothing, that was a Roman toga. Romans dressed like that. Christ didn't dress like that. The Jews' clothing didn't look like that. So that blue and red, Christ did not dress like that. Amen? The chosen is even giving us a little picture to see. It, it was more brown and even torn a bit. Not this white and red. 
all those things were symbols that prophets used to communicate that Christ is divinity and humanity at the same time. The red represents the blood, the flesh. The white represents the spirit of God, meaning he's both God and man. He didn't wear red and white. Have you understand it? So it's not about having a picture of Jesus Christ in your, in your establishment. It's about his law becoming flesh in all that you do. So all those businesses, they serve people, but they didn't serve God. And in the book of Ezekiel 44, there was a judgment pronounced upon each priest that chose to serve men over God. God locks them out on the sanctuary. So whatever business we're doing, we need to ask, what am I serving? What am I serving? Am I serving God or am I serving Mammon? Am I serving gain? All those pharmacies, all those different businesses, you understand? People make guns and ammunition and they're selling it to terrorists that are destroying nations. Are you not terrible? There's a place to make guns. I hope we all know that. I hope we all know that. There's a place for warfare because it gets to a point where it's a crime where people are not protected. So there's a place to lift up guns. Yes, it comes with its own his own consequence and one has to be at peace with it because if you live by the sword you die by the sword but it's a place where you just have to take the sacrifice amen but it's not for everybody but there's a place for it when your creation of weapons is no longer for, for protection but now you are the one who people need protecting from it's not a problem i mean so many things how are you understanding so many things so this, this conversation of, of, on business ethics is a very big one. Because there's a lot of people who call themselves children of God, but their businesses are of the kingdom of darkness. You know? Kingdom of darkness. See what Nafisa said just now. My mom used to run the supermarket when we were growing up in Kaduna. She realized alcohol sale was the highest in her books but painstakingly decided she no longer wanted to enable people's drunkenness as she knew some of her customers personally. She stopped stocking alcohol, and even though this affected overall revenue, she stayed on a decision to move out of Kaduna and sold the business. You see, God blesses those kind of things. One won't put an absolute rule for those things, not because there shouldn't be an absolute rule, but because of the hardness of men's hearts. But if you get close to God, you will see the unadulterated un law of God. Are you understanding? The closer you get to God, the closer you get to law. Period. God will begin to put restrictions upon your life that will enable his righteousness to come out of you even more. Because you can't get close to a spirit without getting close to the law of that spirit. They always go hand in hand. Amen? Amen? There is no close proximity to a spirit without close proximity to their laws. So all the different compromises that you know people allow just because of the hardness of heart and everything, if you get close to God, he's a lie. He's a lie. Ah, God will place demand on your life. Ah, God will place demand on your life. God will place demand on your life. Anybody who has gone close to God will tell you what I'm saying. God will place demand on your life. Because you can't come close to God without coming close to law. And things that on a general level can be ignored, you, you can't ignore it when you are coming close to him in the holy place. No, no, no. 
So other people in the supermarket, they can sell alcohol, but you, you can't sell it. I'm going to tell you, I know that this thing sells, but you, you can't sell it. And you have to have the faith that rejects. Reject a little bit of revenue so that you might, you might accept the righteousness of God. You must have that faith that rejects. You can accept everything. Have you understand it? You can accept everything. Some things must be rejected outrightly. The faith that rejects. Believing that the reproach of Christ is more valuable than the riches of Egypt. And stand firmly on that without compromising. Um, me? Yes, your hand is raised. Okay. Um, my question as to center about the, I think in terms of business, um, my concern has always been about how do you maintain legacy even afterwards? I think it's don't something worry. that I I've already I plan to talk about that too. There's a whole segment on that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. That's what we're talking about tomorrow. Okay. Don't worry. That's tomorrow's discussion. When God mm-hmm. gave the command of being fruitful and multiplying, it also applies to business. But tomorrow we'll talk about that. Guys, have you been enjoying this series? Have you been enjoying it? Have you been enjoying this point where you respond to me? Have you been enjoying this series? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have. Hallelujah. 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 All right, Ify, go ahead. Thank you, Osaka. And good morning, everyone. My, my question is, um, you know, with respect to when you, you're married to a spouse that you know is violating a lot of ethics, God's moral laws, and you sort of come into that understanding of the impact, potential access the enemy has to your family because of the dealings, especially when you're a wife, right? And, you now know that your husband is complicit in a lot of scenarios and things that we've talked about. How would you advise that wife or that spouse to handle the situation? If your husband is a criminal, that's... the wife is a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> Basically, yeah. How do they handle it? Especially when you know that person is feels fully justified in doing whatever they're doing. How do you handle it? You have to reject you have to reject all the proceeds if not you are part of it that's the first step uh-huh. all the car is buying for you you must reject it i'm telling you the truth i'm not saying girlfriend <laughs> wife and you have kids yeah. okay I, I will go off the mic. <laughs> i'm going off the mic so let me be hearing <laughs> no, but yes. no 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 I, I really want to hear you out on this thank you i have a friend she has a sister, a senior sister, who is an aristo. You know, that's what the girl does. The sister is an aristo, very beautiful girl, very beautiful girl. 
you know and and um she sleeps with men for money you know so this is my particular friend whenever she's broke she's a first of all she's always she's always judging her sister you know uh, when are you going to stop doing this you know this and that meanwhile the sister is the one that you know pays the rent you know buys everything and everything and when she's broke she goes to that same sister for money when she has issues she goes to that same sister for money and she eats that aristo money you can't judge something that you are you, you partake in you can't judge it impossible because you are both in the same boat are you understanding yeah, but it, I mean, anyway, it, 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 there's no, there's no, let me not give you one cut cut answer because it, everything is very peculiar. Are you understanding? But you can't have a spouse that is, that leaves off the process of crime and you're enjoying that. Ah, no. It's still a peculiar situation. Every sister, they, they need a, a unique response. But no, you, you you can't. Knowing that your husband or wife is a thief, people are being destroyed by their wealth, and you're driving in all the Bentleys. Ah, no. It's better if you don't know, but you can't be someone's wife and you tell me you don't know that your husband is a thief. That's a dirty lie. That's a lie. You will suspect it at one point. You can't look, listen, there's a point where you get close to people that there's some things they can't hide from you anymore. Except you are a dopamine. Nobody's that dumb. Not really. They just choose to ignore it, but they know. So they just lie that they don't know, but they know. They know very well. They know. Of course, Nafisa is reflective of one's own ethics too. So you know this person is a thief and you partake of the proceeds. You're part of it. You're part of it. You know. It still is a peculiar, it's all peculiar. Truth is that everyone who partakes of it, they are implicated, even the children that were sent to school with criminal money. Oh, they will pay. They will pay. Go and listen to the teaching of Lord Knights. They will pay. Somewhere, somehow. That same spirit will place demand on them. And they have to have a greater faith that rejects because that same spirit that moved the Father, it will call those children to. You want to say something, Ify? Yeah, yes, please. Um, thank you for the response. I, I mean, I, I know, yeah, there are those scenarios where if if, if your spouse is a sheer criminal, um, but I just really want some clarity on what um, the faith that rejects looks like, especially when, okay, the person is not on that extreme of criminality, maybe some mm -hmm. just, I don't know, they're just doing some things that are unethically, uh, even just this uh, pharmacy example, you know, and maybe the person that gave the example that they're, uh, mother refused to sell but you know that your husband's business is an enabler how does the what does the faith that rejects look, looks like as a wife that has kids how do you start handling it in terms of turning away 
problem. Don't unmute your mic this time. I want to. I need to hear your reaction. This one, you unmute your mic so we can hear the truth. <laughs> Listen. If you love somebody, if you have a child, and you see that child is about to put their hand into an open flame, will you allow them to do it? No, I won't. Wouldn't because you care for them, you care for their soul. So you have your husband doing something that you know will destroy him and all of you together. Yeah. You can't keep quiet. You must talk. Yeah. You yeah. must. You must talk. At least that. You must talk him. Baby, baby, this this is not good. This is not good. Yeah. And then he tell you, is it not what I'm used to buy for? Okay, no, you know what? From today, baby, baby, don't buy me any dress. Not with this money. I don't want. I don't want. He needs to see also that you, that your strong stance, it will make him to begin to work. Yeah. yeah. There's a movie I watched. A man, he grew up in, in Mexico, where drugs, drugs was the order of the day. This man struggled to raise his son to make sure his son didn't follow that path. But sadly, the son followed that path. A time came, this man's business was about to crumble. He owned an auto shop business where he used to fix cars. His business was about to close down. He was about to lose everything. The son came, $10,000 cash. He looked at the son, he cried. He threw the money in his face. He said, God damn that money. And you who has taken this part, this business will close down. And if I, if I have to be saved with the proceeds of crime, let me and my business be damned. And he chased that boy out. Wow. That's... That's the faith that rejects. It's the faith that rejects. And let me tell you, that action will etch an image in that soul that he will never forget. And one day, it will deliver him from that life. To see someone who is ready to die before they taste your money, you will need to ask, how can I be at peace? And one day, God will arrest him. But if everyone is laughing, 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 that person will be in bondage. Right. So if one, one is in that situation, you can't keep quiet. You have to talk. You have to talk. You have to talk. You have to talk. And if they now tell you, okay, I won't give you, say, don't give me. It's okay. And you too, because in that moment, God will test your character too. Because the same spirit that makes him mm. cheat is the same spirit that wants to make you cheat and see whether in order to keep your clothes, you are fine with crime. So you'll be prepared to not look beautiful. To not have all those dresses, to not have all that makeup, to not have that societal prestige yeah. in order not to partake yeah. of iniquity. You have to be ready too. Because that same spirit that is arresting the husband will want to arrest you too. Mm. And God will use that to build character. So that's how it must work. Wow. Thank you. It's deep. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. Welcome. Okay, final question. Tayo Akimola. Good morning. Um, Good morning. Thank you so much for the teaching. I would have to be honest. I slept off in the in the um <laughs> during the teaching, and I actually had a dream. And mm. in the dream, I saw myself driving, but I felt like Jesus was at the side and was telling me to give him the wheel. You know. Mm. Uh, I know I, I know what it means, so um, I'm just going to pray more on it. But my question is this. Um, how do you deal with imposter syndrome when it comes to something that um, 
God has laid on your heart to do. So I live in diaspora and um, I feel like God would want me to do something when it comes to the customer service in Nigeria. I kind of started it last year, but I stopped again because I feel like, oh, um, you know, like I, I would... I will sum it up to imposter syndrome, really, but it's just still really on my heart, and I really have been praying. But then, like, yeah, I just wanted to ask how because you mentioned it earlier when you and when we read that Bible passage on Solomon and his mom. Um, So that's my question. Fantastic. When we studied the book of Proverbs, from chapter one, two, three into four, we see that. Every one of those chapters, they all begin with the writer saying, my son, my son, my son. Meaning, if I let's even open it so we can see with our eyes. Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. From Let's say from chapter 2. Chapter 2 begins by saying, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, that's Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. Let's see Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 says, My son, do not forget the law, but let your heart keep my commands. Verse 4 says, Hear my children the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. You see it? Verse 5 says, My son, pay attention. Sorry, chapter 5 says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom, lend your ear to my understanding. Chapter 6 again, my son, if you become shorty for your friend, if you have shaken hands in place, are you almost, are you seeing the pattern? Chapter 7, my son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Are you, are you seeing the pattern? Who is the person that is saying my son? Who is the son? Who is the father here? Who can tell me? David and Solomon, I think. Indeed, David is the father talking to his son Solomon. So Solomon was writing the wisdom that David gave to him. He's a 14-year-old boy who taught him the ordinances of God. Of course, he was his father. Are you understanding? Who taught him how to ask for understanding when God appeared? Of course, it was his father. Right? Because in dealing with imposter syndrome, one of the things we want is to, is to actually speak to people who love us, who know us, and who have actually gone farther in that field. Even if you don't speak to them, we want to listen to people like that. That's one of the best ways. They will inject that spirit of courage. It's, that's one of the best ways, to be honest, you know. Speak to people who, who really love you and who can give a, a good counsel. It's so important because we need to hear from people. We need to hear words, encouraging words, inspiring words. That's what gives Solomon the boldness. Knowing that this throne is my right, my father raised me. It's not, it's not a fluke. I have listened. Because imposter syndrome also comes from words you've heard. Oh, you're not good enough. Look at what's happened in the past, you know. And even the devil too comes to speak in our hearts. So we need to hear different words. And even meditating on the words of God too, if we don't have anybody, we meditate on the words of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God calls you for a particular work, he has all the grace to enable you. And if you're not yet, if you're not fully skilled for it, he can train you. Because so what if I'm not fully skilled? So what? 
Was anyone born with skill? Have you understanding? The Usain Bolt, was he born with sprinting? Wasn't it a learned skill? Everything is learned. So even if one is not so proficient, you can learn. I don't feel so come back. I don't speak well. You can learn how to speak well. We can learn. The way the world is today, we have access to so much knowledge. So you can learn. We can learn. So we need to now, we need to start listening to the right things. Because imposter syndrome is also a product of the environments that we, we live in. Amen? If, you're in a, if you grow up in a society where everyone just gets up and does and everyone is confident, you see yourself you're confident too. Because that's the environment that you're in. So if by chance, you found yourself in a space where that wasn't given to you, look for it. You understand it? Listen to people like Jordan Peterson. Very encouraging. They, they teach very practical things on life. I'll look for some others. You know, I you know I'll look for some people. You know that you know give very encouraging words and very practical wisdom. You know for 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 daily living. You know there are a lot of powerful ministers that you know talk a lot about. For example, Judah Selman. He talks a lot about you know marketplace. I listen to some of his teachings that he's given on, on business, on conquering new grounds and stuff like that. Listen and receive those words like God is the one speaking to you because we need words. We need words. When our soul is down, it's because of words that have been spoken to us. Words have created those realities in our soul. So they can only be countered by words as well. Amen? So we need words. You want to listen to the right people that will give you encouragement, hope, boldness, audacity. Amen? And still be humble enough to realize you're not perfect. You're not the best version of yourself. And you still have a lot to learn. And that's so important. You understand? I deal with imposter syndrome every day. It's something I face just to put it out there. I tell you. Every time I come out here, don't you don't think I'm worried? <laughs> you don't think so. It's a lot of times I wake up and say, God, what am I going to say this morning? Would you believe that if I said it? Would you believe that? Would you believe that? I didn't really grow up in an enabling environment, not really. I got criticized most of my life. I got really criticized. I got looked down upon. I got told you can't do it a lot. Oh, you're sure you're not that smart. I, I really got the, the, the short end of the stick when it comes to building confidence and self-esteem. And even the friends I ended up having, they made it even worse. So I didn't really grow up a confident man. Not really. Not really. <laughs> it's the God, it's the grace of God. <laughs> you know, I, I was telling Esther yesterday, I said, oh, I'll, I'll put on my story. I said, listen, tomorrow morning will be a time of deliverance and breakthrough. Everyone come, set your alarms right now. I told Esther, so I cringe as I'm writing these things. I'm like, oh God, how did I? <laughs> <laughs> I cringe. You understand? Because my default is to is to is is to not speak like that. Is to cower. But because of that, I fight. You know, I fight. I told us once upon a time that there was a dream I had once. That in that dream, a dog attacked me, and I was afraid. 
And that's how that witchcraft attack was able to work on me because of my fear of dogs. Since that day, if I ever see any big dog on the road, I don't care who owns it, I will go there. Yesterday, I will, I will show you guys with the video. Show you guys the video. One lady has two pit bulls. I saw her at my gate. Once I saw her, I ran outside to come meet those pit bulls. As I was playing with them, the leash broke. The leash broke for in the pit bull. I didn't move. I played with the dogs there. I didn't move. What am I afraid of? <laughs> so I must conquer that default of fear. And I use that moment as an opportunity to face that fear. So I'm very afraid too. But by the grace of God, I face a lot of these fears. You don't know to, to put online, come for course, have so many people come and sign up. You don't know that Imposter syndrome was setting. What are you talking about? Say, God, oh, don't shame me. Look at these people. They don't, a lot of them don't even know me. Oh, God, what am I going to say? You think all those things don't come into, into the mind? Are you understanding? You know? No? So. What has hit me? No, I said pit bulls. That's, that's that dog that is very vicious. Pit bulls. Pit bulldog. Pit bulldog. Right? So, what has helped me? I have, even physically speaking, I, I, what has helped me? I surrounded myself with better voices in the form of books for the most part to be honest god brought me some very beautiful teachers who i never met physically but i met them through their writings and I, I was so blessed i was so encouraged i was so uplifted they built my confidence just and i stayed in that community you know and he helped me he helped me you understand so we we need to expose ourselves to newer voices that's how we can deal with imposter syndrome people who tell you get up and go do it you made a mistake no problem you learn from it and you do it again why not you fail so what you have more to learn from failure than success when you have that around you how do you strive and you are not afraid of failure you're not afraid is failure the end of the world will you die you won't die in fact you will have more strength to live you have more skill set, more ability to make your life even better. Amen. 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 So this is how we, we become encouraged. Hmm? And that imposter syndrome gets broken in our lives. Surround yourself with people who love you, who know you, who can give you encouragement. Who can speak better words into your life you need to hear them even if it's not spoken directly to you maybe someone is just speaking on their platform still listen and take it like it's your own and if you're fortunate to have someone in close proximity that can tell you that even better listen to them absorb it and run and soon you see with your own eyes that you are more than capable amen so as well with you tire okay move God has given you intelligence and God has given you the means. You thrive and you'll be successful. And God will preserve you wherever He's taking you to. You are more than enough. 
Do you know why? Because you have a partner who is the Holy Spirit. That is your secret weapon. How can you be defeated when you lean on the Lord? It is so well with you, please. It is so well with you in the name of Jesus. Be encouraged. Okay? Be encouraged. Even if you make a mistake, great, you learn. If you're deficient in something, great, you learn. There's no problem. Were we born with all the knowledge? No. He's acquired. Everyone was born fool, foolish. We're all born fools. Look at my little boy. He's not. He, he, he doesn't have sense. Of course, he doesn't have sense. Anything that touches his hand enters his mouth. He doesn't have sense. Sense is learned in life. So we're born senseless. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it is well with you. It is well with you. It is well with you. God bless you. Hallelujah. We've tried our base. Eight o'clock. We've tried today. But I'm happy because that all this is coming out. We have heritage for this generation. So anyone needs anything, we'll just send them this recording. Listen to this series on. And I'm going to post every single one of them on the podcast so that it's there. The teachings of business. You just, just listen. And anyone who listens to all the series, it, 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 it will do a massive deliverance in their lives. Amen. It is well with us. So, Father, we thank you for this time of teaching, Lord. We thank you for this time of teaching. We thank you for everything that you've given to us, O oh God. But above all things, Father, we ask that you give us sight, O oh Lord. Sight. Sight, Lord. Sight. Grant us sight, Heavenly Father. Grant us sight, Father, sight, 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 sight. That we might put our gaze on the things that are truly important and that we might shift our gaze from the things that are not important, O Lord. Give us sight, O God. Give us sight. Teach us how to reject things that are that don't profit. How to reject that plate of stew in order to preserve the brethren. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, raise us, O God, to be men and women who don't compromise on the laws of God for a moment of pleasure, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there might be pillars of truth, pillars of justice, Pillars of holiness and pillars of righteousness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, O Lord. Guide us, O Lord. Teach us, O Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 It is well with every single one of us. It is well. Oh, wow. Today is Mira's birthday. Come on. Wow. It's been lost if that birthday is over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Let's, let's give her, let's give her the HGA choir, people of God. 
One, two, three, go. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mira. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. What guys? Happy birthday, Mira. God bless you. God bless you in this new year of your life. Oh, we just pray for you name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the lines fall in pleasant places for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just speak for you right now, that all advocates be raised on your behalf in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all where injustice has happened, all of a sudden, the Lord stands and fights your battle and brings about justice where there has been injustice. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, things that were owed you that have not been given to you, things that you are due, oh, in this year of your life, they begin to come your way one after the other in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will declare that it, it shall be a year of jubilee where there shall, there shall be emancipation and liberation from things that have held you bound for a very long time in the mighty name the Lord Jesus Christ. I will just release those words over you, that it shall be a year of laughter, of joy, of peace, of rest, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, El. God bless you. Thank you. It's well with you. It's well with you. It's well with you. It's well with you. God bless every single one of us. I wish you all a tremendous day. I wish you all a tremendous day. God bless us. But tomorrow we continue. Hallelujah. <laughs> we continue tomorrow. Looking forward. God bless us. See you all. Same time, same place. Same station. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, everyone. Cheers. Take care and bye for now. All right, everyone, bye-bye.